0: Uh, I feel like this is the quintessential song on this list. It has everything. That's
1: that's the Emperor way. Cool. Yeah. Everything. Th- this was awesome. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so fucking <laughs> glad. I. Yes. <laughs> I I've been waiting like thirty goddamn years for you to like an Emperor song.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's been others that I don't remember. <laughs> Lost in the Santa.
1: Episode fourteen, recorded October twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Right, I think we're think we're good now. Actually, Great. good now.
0: Actually, so, good. Yeah. So the actual story. Uh, I think I was watching a um, cover of Cemetery Gates or something like that, or like a breakdown of it, or I don't know some shit like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Oh, it could have been. Uh, there's, you know how YouTube has various people who do like, re, you know, song reactions or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. Vocal coaches yeah. specifically is a, is a big one. Most of them are complete trash, hot trash.
1: Yeah. Oh. And then the and then the other half of them are just people reacting to Devin Townsend. Well, that's how I found this one.
0: This one girl. Yeah. And she's like actually knows her shit and is great and like has interviewed fucking Townsend and like James Labrie and all these mm-hmm. people on mm-hmm. it's good stuff. But I saw her do Cemetery Gates, and she, like, fell in love with it. She was, like, all about it. But I think from I think from a uh, recommendation from that video, it was just a Pantera doing Cemetery Gates in 92, mm-hmm. which was after – I always forget. Uh, Vulgar was 92, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was probably, like, around the same time because Phil started, like – he kind of started sounding a little bit low, but he wasn't quite – he wasn't, like
1: – He wasn't quite there yet. Yeah.
0: I see. He, he wasn't, like, good friend's bottle of pills, you know? <laughs>
1: I uh, fucked your girlfriend last night when you snored and drooled. Yeah. I fucked your love. Yes. Yeah. Um. Or like Suicide Note Part Two, low. You r- know. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying, hell.
0: But <laughs> take the pain away. <laughs> take
2: the pain away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I'm just derailed with low fill there. Put a low fill on <laughs> a low low pass filter. Yeah, yeah, on yeah there. there it is. There. That's
1: what I wanted. That's what I was looking for. There we go. There we go. Got
0: it. <laughs> so anyway, by the time of his performance, he was like sounding a kind little of low, but he, you know, he he still had the high, the high highs of he Cemetery could, Gates. Yeah, that just, happened later
1: on. He could still still do it. Yeah,
0: but anyway, I I just don't watch a lot of performances of bands on YouTube for some reason. Mm. I, I don't know why that is because there are a bunch of them out there. Um, but I haven't watched Pantera performance in quite some time. Sure. And them in their prime playing, like, one of their best songs, one of their most, like, technically demanding songs in
1: some ways and sure. one of their most
0: diverse songs. Yeah. Just fucking – they're so good. They were they're, so good. They're <laughs>
1: so they're, – they're embarrassingly
0: good. They, like <laughs> – because I have wa- I think I had just been watching, like, I don't know. I think I watched Iron Maiden or something like that. And then I watched a Dream Theater performance somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. From, also based on recommendations from, from some of those, like, vocal v- videos. Um, and I was like, man, this is some cool stuff. And, like, they're doing a lot of cool stuff in here. And then you just watch those four dudes and all the sound that comes out and all the things that happen and all, how well they all happen.
1: It's – there's no it's fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. No, it's no – I like Pantera was a single instrument that was played by four people.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty
1: much. And uh, no, I remember watching. Um, as I was fortunate enough, I saw them live like four times, and I I remember it was like ten years ago or some shit like that. But seeing like a concert boot, some concert bootleg footage of them, like someone snuck in a fucking handy cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a nineteen ninety four handy cam, so you know, whatever, however big that was. Right. Um, Like the size of this fucking studio monitor. Shoulder
0: mounted, probably.
1: Yeah. Like someone had to fake being pregnant to get that into the arena or whatever. Yeah. And just with that fucking camera, just fucking turned on in the fucking nosebleed section. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. I can hear every fucking thing that's happening. That sounds exactly how fucking Pantera sounds. And, at the time it yeah because i think i came across that footage that i came across some of that like in 2000 2009 2010 2011 something like that and it was it was legitimately upsetting for me because that was around the time that like now when you go see metal bands live because everyone's everyone's doing fucking amp modeling and And in-ear monitors and everything, Mm -hmm. and it sounds really consistent, and shit pretty much sounds awesome all the fucking time. Yeah, but in like the the late aughts or so, when that transition was happening, there was a period there where shit was real, real, real hit or miss. And by hit or miss, I mean if you weren't seeing Meshuggah or some other band from Europe, if you were seeing any American metal band, it was pretty much gonna sound like a wall of shit i don't give a shit who that offends because that's that was that was the fucking reality i was living in and it was extremely frustrating for me yeah
0: that was just the truth like i i I remember the unholy alliance tour i think it was wall of shit except for children of Bodom.
1: Yeah, who yeah. I don't, who I didn't even love at the time, but I had to like object. I had to. Uh, I was forced. This is the best sounding band on this bill. This, the, yeah. There's yes. no way to
0: get around that because it was what Lamb of God, Slayer, and Macedon were the other bands. And right? through
1: the eyes of the dead, I think was the very first band. Okay,
0: and those bands sounded like complete garbage.
1: Yeah, like uh, Lamb of God was probably and Slayer were probably like two of my favorite bands at the time. Yeah,
0: you know, and I was it, I was super happy to see Lamb of God. because I'd never seen him. Oh. And, that's and not
1: true. Cuz you and I went to fight. Was that in... before that? Zalus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? I I, th- I think Unholy Alliance. You could tell me either first.
0: fucking way and I wouldn't know. So. I think
1: I think Unholy Alliance was first okay. because I think Unholy Alliance they were tour they were still supporting Ashes of the Wake.
0: Oh, oh, wow. Okay.
1: So, because I remember them playing Vigil in the fucking middle of it and they wouldn't have played Vigil during a Sacrament tour. Because they would have had other songs to play.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn!
1: Don't get man, dude. The the fucking middle of Vigil is fucking sick. Like I'm not, I'm not not knocking. I'm not knocking Vigil. I'm just that's just not a song they normally play. Um, Having a hard time
0: fucking thinking about which Vigil is actually.
1: It's like the last track on "As the Palaces Burn." It has this okay. really cool breakdown in the middle, like a pretty ah, uh, yes, pretty fucking. Uh, that's I don't re- I remember how it makes me feel, and that's how it makes me feel. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, it's like this.
1: It's like this really cool kind of mid-tempo kind of thing, you know, which you don't hear a lot of stuff played in that tempo. But um, right. But yeah, so, but then, you know, so I'm going to all these live shows at the time and it all just sounds like, like, I mean, like my favorite fucking band, Machine Head, just wall of shit, like wall of shit every time I'd see him, um, during that time period. Sorry, Rob, sorry, Phil, sorry, Dave, sorry, Adam. That's, that was a wall of shit, guys.
0: Well, most of those guys don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> but they're not Because they're not, the they're not in the band. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Rob, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob.
1: Um... Robin the Flyn's <laughs> this this weekend if it it's uh, but um we can have we could easily do like three episodes just on machine head. Probably so. um so say we'll save that for another time. But but yeah, so I'm real frustrated and then I like come across a fucking YouTube video of fucking Pantera and I'm like, this sounds perfect. Yeah. Why the fuck does it sound so good?
0: Yeah. And now that like I didn't even really think about that, but now that you bring that up. That footage that I watched from '92 was like pretty goddamn clear, like pretty still. Like it was clearly from seats above. It wasn't from right. like a pit or something like that. But again, '92, somebody had a big motherfucking camera in there to to get that footage. It's tape, bro. Yeah, it's tape. It's quality it's analog, quality of analog magnetic tape, man. I mean, maybe could have been Betamax. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I mean, there might be something too <laughs> to to that argument. Actually, I would have thought that was bullshit before, but that might actually be there I, might actually be something to that. I mean, I di- digital
0: early, that early on probably wasn't the best.
1: That's that's so. really, and I I think that's really the was the problem with sound. I'd have to talk to an actual sound engineer, um, but like as
0: that changeover was happening,
1: right? And I think yeah. the reason that European bands were ahead of the curve on it was because. Um, the way that European bands tour, European metal bands would tour, is you know they do so many festivals, and they're right. able to do so you know so the Wacken Open
0: Air Festival,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, always <laughs> enjoy that name. Yeah, yeah, it's W A C K I N G. Yeah, yeah, like the is it?
0: Yeah, uh, I thought it was W A K K E N or something. No, it's,
1: it's W E. It's W-E-E-E. wacky wacking. Yeah, W-E-E-Q. Okay, okay um, that sounds right. That yeah, sounds right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um It's it's the festival that celebrates the Springfield day where you go beat up all the snakes. Correct. Whacking day.
1: Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, so but I think because all the European bands were I think so much more accustomed to doing like fly-in gigs, because you're not you're not like taking your gear. Like, you're not going to take your fucking, like, you know, big double bass kit and your fucking all your all your fucking full stacks and z- and fly that from England to France. Like to play like three gigs, you're not going to you're not going to fucking do that. Mm-hmm. Like Like if you you know, you're going to you're going to play on you're going to play on whatever gear that you can rent and shit like that. So if there was a way for them to, you know. Have something as close to their sound without bringing a bunch of bullshit. They All were right. gonna figure it out. Much they were gonna have incentives to figure it out much sooner than American bands were gonna figure it out. I think. I'm totally I speculating. See, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally, just Charlie Day connecting dots on the fucking thing. So. Just
0: spitballing here.
1: But yeah, man, fucking Pantera was obscenely good live. An interesting fucking tidbit. An interesting story I heard on podcast was that a Mon- Pantera tidbit. Pan tidbit. Um, was that Monty Connor, the famous A and R rep at Roadrunner, who signed like all the bands in the '90s, like okay. every single metal band in the '90s? Like Monty Connor right. fucking signed them. Right. Um, he tried to sign Pantera, but basically because the owner of Roadrunner was basically like, "Well, um, yeah, they that sounds great." um but they have to sign this really shitty record contract that I make all these metal bands sign. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where, you know, you you have to do 10 albums with us and and I give you no tour support <laughs> or some 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 I don't know what it is, but it's some some obscenely terrible. Some it's understood that it's a shitty. It's a shitty contract. Yeah. And right now my understanding is that there's it's really shitty because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of bands that could be making money hand over fist by doing like vinyl reissues
2: um.
1: of the music that they put on Roadrunner, which, but they own the rights. But they but they can't they can't do that shit. You wow. know what I mean? I like so, and it's just it's just there's there's just money being like it's it's just a real shitty thing because it's it's like it's like some businessman or somebody somewhere is making a decision that since this won't make a lot of money for me, I'm not going to let it make money for someone else. And so it's, it's real shitty, man. It's the,
0: it's the metal version of the Disney vault. Where those <laughs> movies just go to, to rot. Pretty fucking much, man. Not entertain anyone.
1: And cause there's so many legendary actual death metal records that were released in the early nineties on road
0: Um, so that was like that was that was happening throughout the nineties. That wasn't just a late nineties thing. Cause whenever I think of that, I think of like when Roadrunner boomed
1: in like the late nineties with new metal. Well, they were already booming with typo negative and Sepultura. Sure. Yeah. And Machine Head. Yeah, Machine Head and and all those things there on the on the, you know Fear Factory all that stuff there yeah. on the front end of the 90s as well.
0: I guess the specific point that I'm thinking about is going to Roadrunner's website in like 1998 or 9 and like listen to the MP3s. And yeah, because like they had that. a free MP3 section. You right, get right, one right. per band. And there was just like I like all these bands. I'm going to download all this shit. Uh, yeah, it's
1: really unfortunate because they they really they, they 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 like tapped into that new metal vein and they they just rode that one into the fucking ground. And sort of really cast all uh, a lot of their heritage legacy bands to the side, like sure, you know, um, Malevolent Creation, Suffocation's a big one, Um, you know, uh, Obituary. Oh, lots of these just legendary fucking death metal bands were all of a sudden in the mid 90s just kind of left adrift. Um, So, but there was a lot, I'm sure I'll talk about that at some point, like because there was so much happening right then. Right. You know, um, with the sort of the the whole metal scene sort of collapsing, like the greater big picture metal scene collapsing because of grunge, which caused smaller things to collapse because record labels got scared and didn't want to invest in underground music. Um, And and so, and then you also had uh, in the extreme metal scene, black metal becoming a really big thing. So... All of a sudden, death metal didn't seem as as hip or chic. Death metal seemed kind of fucking played out by right. the time you got to the mid nineties, um, and so like it wasn't dangerous anymore. But these fucking crazy Norwegians killing each other and actually burning churches down seemed very fucking dangerous. So and right. you know, blah 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 blah. Um, I mean,
0: I don't remember very many uh, articles in, in Guitar World about a lot of death metal music, but I remember about burning those churches down
1: yeah exactly and that's that's really what's going to be interesting about this whole series of my my like journey into death metal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is because i was discovering music around a time whenever death metal wasn't very well promoted at all so i i would discover death metal in a very piecemeal sort of way and be listening to death metal or something that's death metal inspired without knowing it. And it was a very long time before it was like, oh, I, I, I am a death metal fan, you know, whereas black metal was very hip for lack of a better word. It was much more popular in the late nineties. Whenever we were really in our prime, like discovering music phase, you know, but Right, Pantera, right, yeah. Roadrunner, Pantera, Roadrunner. So, right. um, but yeah, Monty Connor was this close to getting Pantera signed to Roadrunner. When do you know when that was? Like eighty nine. Okay, so this like was... for Cowboys from Hell. Oh wow. Okay, but Pantera knew, and their management, their manager at the time knew, like hey. we're a live fucking band and that's what we're going to do and we're going to tour so we want guaranteed tour support mm. and and the head the head guy at Roadrunner didn't want to give him that so Monty lost signing fucking Pantera to fucking Roadrunner um to uh Atco Okay I was like East West
0: Did Yeah 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 I right? think I
1: think Atco was an imprint of East West okay. or some shit like that
0: Okay that's what I remember later on. I don't remember any other fucking band on East-West. No. Except for Pantera. Yeah, no. So no, it all they, they needed, only, really yeah. needed
1: they, We just need the one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you only need one if the one is Pantera. In the fucking 90s, <laughs> that's, that is the one that
1: you need. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, that would have been wild. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about it before. But um, fucking kudos to Phil. Because Phil had Morbid Angel fucking open for Pantera. Like Phil you know, Phil did Phil did his part for trying to keep underground music alive while <laughs> while Pantera was the focus in the nineties there. You know. Yeah. You saw them. It was at Astro yeah. Arena, you know. They had fucking fucking Morbid Angel play. Morbid Angel like come out and then play before like Static X or Soulfly or something. Um boy. Was that that bill? I I don't remember exactly. That sounds right. It's, I I I think it was. That yeah, I think it was. I feel like I remember seeing Soulfly there. Yeah, that feels
0: right. Um, I've seen Soulfly too many times. We opened for him once. I know. (laughs) And I've seen him like four or five other times when I didn't really mean to. (laughs) Listen, like nothing against Max, but just like. Soul Fly. Dude, that
1: first Soulfly record, does not fuck around. That uh, yeah. record is so good. Yeah. Too bad the next like three records are still just kind that of the same first record, record again. Yeah. But yeah. You know, nah, dude. I don't. I'm I'm not gonna talk shit. No, I'm gonna talk like this. But I, I love that yeah. first record. So yeah, I remember loving it a lot. Um, I listened to it a few months ago. It 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 most of it holds up really well. So had a lot of guests on that album. too. So many right? guests that that, and I think ultimately, honestly, I think that's sort of what, what kind of doomed Soulfly in a sense. I, you know, I think that's probably
0: right. I think they didn't have to get as creative as they maybe could have gotten going
1: forward past that album. I think it just got hard to know what the fuck you were gonna get with a Soulfly record. Yeah, you know, and it it, it it's probably. It, it's kind of like like the first. I mean, it, it's. It's like the Santana Supernatural, right? Like super that that record was a fucking phenom, right? And or a phenomenon or whatever. Do, do, and, do, do. and then he tried to replicate it on the next one with Shaman, which was like, okay.
0: He just got a bunch of, of guests on there. Yeah. Again.
1: Just tried to do the same exact shit. And it was like, okay. And and I don't know what he did on the next one because I didn't fucking buy it. <laughs> Same thing happened with Soulfly. Because <laughs> you know?
0: yeah, I remember, what was, the, what was the second one called?
1: Soulfly? Uh, primitive. Oh, back to the, the primitive. primitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck all the bullshit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fuck all your politics. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because that
1: one had a bunch of guests also. It had Tom Araya on it. It had Corey Taylor on yeah. it again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, this reminds me, though, because I, I was going to make a joke about how, I guess, that Santana album was just like Santana... And then in parentheses, feet somebody else. Because yeah. it always says like feet, you know. Uh huh. Um, and I came across the uh, the Sting and Shaggy album the other day.
2: <laughs> Man,
0: you know, you know the one. I do. And it's, uh, what is it like forty four slash whatever? And it's like their country codes is what that is. Oh, okay. Because forty four is the British country or English country code for Sting, and, and it's the Jamaican one for Shaggy or whatever. Yeah, it's the name of the album. Doesn't matter. But the if you look at the track listing on, like, Spotify, every single track is done by Sting, and in parentheses, with Shaggy. Oh. Every single track. Oh,
1: uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: It's real weird. Did you listen to any of it? <laughs> no, I watched a, a review where people talked shit about it <laughs> and, and lived vicariously.
1: Oh, yeah. It's all that I needed. Yeah, I... I uh... I, I, I didn't listen to it either, so <laughs> I, that's why I was asking. I was hoping you could. I was hoping you could enlighten me. I wouldn't be surprised if it's good because, you know, Sting Sting knows how to fucking put songs together. I and, like a lot of Sting's music,
0: and and Shaggy's
1: fucking great. And he, and and the thing that the police did at the time was, it's like, all right, everyone's fucking he- tired of hearing white people play the blues. We need another black music to fucking rip off so how about if we rip off reggae yeah oh dude we're not they're not tired of hearing white people rip off reggae it's amazing no one's really done this uh, yeah um, i'm i'm i have no doubt that the guys in the police have a legitimate love of reggae yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if sting could make a really good fucking album with shaggy yeah i mean that's like the
0: thing that sting does right like he sings in a reggae style in a weird way and plays <laughs> like, the bass. Like he's great at what he does, right. but that is what he does. Sure. Like don't get me like my favorite show that I've ever seen live are is the police, that fucking really? police show that we went to.
1: Yeah, we did go to that together. That was an m-
0: amazing show, and it really made me fall in love with that band in a weird way.
1: I am. That is that is one of the concerts I am so glad that I went to, and I don't think that I would have went to it if it wouldn't have been if it wouldn't have been for you. No um, should. Absolutely. Because I just knew you were such a big police fan and I and I was like this I was like this is a special wow. thing. Um, cuz like I hadn't been a police fan for all that long at that point. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like I just wow. I just knew that, that was going to be I just knew that was going to be a really important thing. And so I was like, well, I'm not really a police fan yet, but I don't want to miss this. And so, and that was their comeback tour. they uh, re- well, it wasn't a comeback. They were just like, we're gonna do this, yeah. one time. I, I, I was searching for
0: the right word because comeback, reunion, none of these really worked that well. It was just, re- we're gonna do this one more time, and then say a reunion it. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the final reunion back.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I watch. Yeah, I, and it's it's really kind of a bummer because I didn't really fall in love with the police until really the past like three years or so. Wow. that yeah. was pretty recent that I, that I really, really got it. That the light bulb really went off and, and, and especially Stuart Copeland and like, sure. oh, oh, I fucking get it now. I get why <laughs> this guy is the big deal that he is To Like, like I, I get now why all the drum, all drummer, like so many drummers talk about this guy being uh, influenced mm-hmm. on them and whatnot. And so... And so I just, when I, and I, I was already really familiar with a lot of Sting stuff, in particular this uh, record, Ten Summoners Tales. Yeah. Because, um, well, I, I had already bought, I had bought um Brand New Day because I really liked that song Desert Rose. And I bought the C just for that. I was like, cool, fuck it. Yeah. And uh, then one day, I think that came out in like 97-ish, 98. I looked it up because... It has a Cheb Mommy like doing doing like you know the the background vocals and stuff like that. It's a real you know feature, and then they rip off some element of that. Not not like sampling, but they try to do some of that same shit in the fucking live. One of the live Uh fucking things on five on the that fucking oh that abortion of a record. (laughs) Oh okay. And I was like so, and I was like, oh god, yeah, just put in a little bit of this. I'm fucking citizen of the world. It's like not everyone could be Sting asshole. Shut up, Ed. Like I was just mad while I was listening to it. Um, but then, <laughs> years later, like two thousand two or something, uh, it was while we were writing, like while we were starting to write songs like Humans, uh huh, stuff like that. So maybe early two thousand three, late two thousand two. And my drum instructor was like, So what are you working on with your band? Like what do you what do you want what do you want to learn how to do? You know, like I've been studying for like a year, year and a half or something like that. And we were kind of a like, you know. Cause you know, you get to spots like that where it's like, Okay, man, well what the fu- what the fuck do you wanna do? What do you want me to teach you how to do? Right. You know? I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what, what, what do you, what, what, what kind of stuff's going on in your band? You know, what are y'all starting to starting to work on? I was like, well, we're starting to do more stuff at all time. He's like, okay, <laughs> I got you, because at that point
0: it's like he's kind of taught you the the basics of the basics that everyone else is going to learn the same way you did, and now it's like, what do we specialize in?
1: Yeah, kinda. yeah, some some shit like that, or or it was like, I got you, I taught you enough jazz stuff. And you've you you can do this you can you can play the jazz ride beat and keep decent enough time and read a chart. Um let's you know <laughs> I don't think you're actively fucking up music anymore. So you're, you're not hurting it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at the I don't, very at least you're like uh you're inert. Yeah, I, I don't have to protect the music from you. <laughs> um and so I was like, yeah, we're starting to get into doing more odd time stuff. And he was like, okay, cool. Go buy Sting Ten Summoners Tales and transcribe that record. Wow. Because <laughs> you're going to learn the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Damn. And I was like, oh, God. Um,
0: what have I said? I said the wrong thing.
1: And I was really bad at transcribing, too. That, I did not. I did not. I did not complete that project, but I did learn like all the main beats of, of all the songs, you know? Um, but Vinnie Kaliuta plays on that record and there's some very famous odd time grooves that he plays on there. And that definitely influenced my whole approach to odd time was, Mm. was those, those handful of, of sting songs. Like if you, if you listen to those and you listen to how he phrases and where he puts his snare hits when he's playing in five and seven, you can draw a direct connection between how I play. Like, cause there's that seven, eight section in, um, it's in, yeah. In the, in the outro of humans, there's a seven, eight section. Yes. And so the way that he plays in seven, four directly influenced the way that I would play in seven, eight. Um, And then also his approach to where he sort of puts the snare hits to sort of create a feeling of symmetry throughout, you know, when you're playing in five or you're playing in seven. Yeah. I, that was what I would, that would become a thing I would try to continue on when we would write really weird shit, like the middle of a of again and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's like in 17 or some shit i think it's in 1716 when you technically map it out or whatever but um we're talking about all severed songs by the way (laughs) yes sorry yes uh we used to be in a band called all severed (laughs) um like 20 years ago or something drop drop 15 15 to 20 years ago yes oof so drop, uh, a, drop a link in the
0: description. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, sting sting. Yeah. The, I, I never got too, too much in his solo stuff later on. Um, but for whatever reason, the, like I had heard the police all my life. Right. Okay. You hear Roxanne, you hear a message in a bottle, you hear all this right. sh- stuff on the radio or whatever. And it was like, that's the, you know, that's a popular song. Right. But for whatever reason, in like, 2000, I don't know, five or six, right around there somewhere, uh, they put out that they're like, another, is like another greatest hits. It was mm-hmm. just the police self-titled. Okay. It's like a yellow and black album cover. Um, and for whatever reason, that collection of music, like, their greatest hits from like their earliest, earliest days, from like the shitty sounding demos that like are basically punk songs. Right. On until like, you know, Walking on the Moon and all this just wild mm-hmm. shit later on. Uh, I was like, oh, this this is why these guys are amazing. And that just for whatever reason just clicked with me hard.
1: Uh, Dude, they they they're in the pantheon. They're in are they in they're up there with the most important bands of all time. Sure. Um, yeah. Like they they're like fr- from a drumming perspective, I almost feel I almost feel like there's four there's like four quadrants, okay? <laughs> um okay for when you're talking about foundational rock drumming, okay? Okay. And I feel like you could almost argue that all drummers exist somewhere on these four points, okay?
0: No, is this like a... Uh, I don't know what you call the graph, but yeah, it's like the, the
1: four point compass meme or four, four point, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 It's sort of like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Like um,
0: it's anyway, if anyone doesn't know, I guess it's like a, I don't know, like a political graph where it's like liberal and conservative yeah. on the side. Like there's the point, the origin in the middle. And then I don't know.
1: Yeah. You just got, you got like two X, Y, you know what I yeah. mean? And so in each corner is like an, think of each corner as like an extreme. Yes. You know, exactly. So, um, so these, the four drummers are uh, Ringo Starr, John Bonham, Neil Peart, and Stuart Copeland. And this is specifically for rock? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And, so, and I would argue that the, the elements that these, the discrete elements that these four drummers embody, that all other drummers can be described as a combination of these elements. <laughs> Right is what I is what I would argue. Any yeah. other drummer can be derived from the base elements of these drummers. <laughs> I, I I I feel like there's an argument there. Okay.
2: Um,
1: now this is obviously reductionist and blah 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 blah. No. Blah. Uh, Extremely scientific. <laughs> this is rigorous. Rigorous. But yeah, because R- Ringo embodies a sort of, you know, I mean, to me, he's the he's the prototypical like indie rock drummer. You know, like I'm going to play really catchy shit, like drum parts that you can remember and sing back that really enhance the music, but maybe shit that drummers aren't going to necessarily be that fucking into.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: That's why indie rock is so difficult for me because I was never particularly into Ringo Starr. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have I have no, di- I, I don't think I have nothing but love for the Beatles, but it was just, it was, an, I, I just never got into Ringo. Um, not yet, but okay huge respect up you know and then with john bonham you have you have like you know like the james brown with the sledgehammer thing like he's behind the beat there's so much soul there's so much power there's that just that fucking thing that mm. that bonham has it's thick it sounds thick <laughs> it yeah, it's it's fucking indescribable. And a yeah. lot of it has to do with just his beat placement, like where he puts his bass drum in relation to Jimmy Page's guitar and shit like that to you know. And so like like Vinnie Paul is a big embodiment of it, Vinnie Paul is a thrash metal version of John Bonham. And and so but just you know, just an embodiment of soul and swagger turned up to 11, you know. And then Neil Peart is sort of a, um, you know, like he, he's the professor, you know? Right. And whatnot. And so like this very cerebral approach to playing. Now, something, a thing about Neil Peart that people will like, they, they lean on that, but everyone talks about that. Like his, his drummer as composer, mm-hmm. that whole idea. He was not the first drummer to do that, to really embody that. Like that's Max Roach. You Max Roach did that shit first. Um, but Neil pert, Neil, I'm I, I said I said it pert. I always have said pert, My, I can't, but but can't that's stop. not how you say it. Yeah. Um, but he he hit fucking hard. like he was a huge John Bonham fan, and he he really whipped the shit out of his drums. Like he played loud. So that's a th- like hmm. he really was a rock drummer. And so just because he was very cerebral, he's still whipping the shit out of those drums. And so, don't underestimate the 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 power that he pushed through that kit. So, if
0: anything, this shows the the uh, relative importance and uniqueness of Neil Peart on this on this uh, theoretical graph of being a fan of John Bonham, but not being under the influence of his gravitational pull on this graph that he (laughs) he can be his own axis
1: absolutely okay absolutely because because the thing too is that john bonham you could say john bonham personifies playing behind the beat okay neil pert personifies playing on the fucking beat so he is he's not playing ahead he's not playing behind he is he is on okay and then your other point is Stuart copeland and that motherfucker is way ahead like that motherfucker is just like hey guys motherfucking drums and shit Ah!" like he's just he's the exact opposite of john bonham in a way where like john bonham is is like a drunk a a drunk perfect swagger on the fucking drums and like and then Stuart Copeland is just caffeine and candy on the <laughs> and but but both of these guys were the absolute perfect drummers for their bands and no one else could have been the drummer in those bands and and it and sure. it worked and it worked the way that it did and sure. so so Stuart Copeland embodies something very very unique he embodies the same thing to me that Tony Williams embodies that Joey Jordanson embodies you know like this drums for the sake of drums sake this fire this push mm-hmm. so to me like dave lombardo is a lot of is a you know is a kind of embodiment of Stuart is like it's like a, a is metal. like Stuart copeland of thrash metal okay whereas vinnie paul is john bonham of thrash metal right you know like that and I, i'm i'm using very broad strokes here so don't don't come after me with how, your, how, how far do you have
0: these mapped out is what i want to know how many how many other I could I could just keep going <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
1: like <laughs> you know so um so yeah uh, like okay I see like Dave Grohl is like Bonham and Ringo
0: okay that's kind of what I was gonna say because I was like really, I was thinking this whole time like we're just we're just Grohl following all this
1: yeah. yeah Bon Bon Bonham and Ringo he's kind of he's kind of in there you know right um and that, like cuz the thing that that grohl does that's that's really unique is that he's able to play with so much excitement but s- not necessarily play ahead of the beat which is really really unique. Mm. So but it's, you know Gene, Gene Hoagland, John Bonham and 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 Peart. That's mm. that's Gene Hoagland cuz Gene Hoagland lays back. Like he plays furiously and he's very much a composer and he's very much, you know, like Trying to do all these weird, intricate, fucking things, you know what I mean. But it's, but he's very, kind of like laid back about it. You know, he's not, he's not pushing the way that like a Joey or a Dave Lombardo would be pushing.
0: Okay, I can kind of see that. So yeah, for for as as not much as I know about about drums generally, is I, I can, I feel like I can feel a lot of these things to be, uh, the case. Yeah so yeah
1: like
0: I but you see that uh, that um, what the hell were they on the other day Grohl and Nova and Pat Smear and somebody else were like on Howard Stern and he was like do you guys ever miss like playing in Nirvana because they were talking about all this stuff Mm -hmm. and how hard it has been forever for them obviously and all this stuff and they were like no, we get together and, and practice as Nirvana sometimes. No shit. <laughs> and he was like, And Howard Stern's like, Wait, what do you what? What do you mean? And Dave's like, Yeah, we just like we recorded some stuff recently too. And we're like, What? <laughs>
1: hold the hold the fuck on. Uh, <laughs> Howard Stern, the proxy reaction for the human race. <laughs> yeah. Just
0: mind completely exploded. Like really? Okay. That's amazing. That's wild. That's amazing. I mean, why the fuck not? Like, yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah. That's very strange. <sighs> but, um,
1: yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I've, I am, I'm just so, I'm so grateful for Dave Grohl that, that, yeah, that that I, I don't, I don't have to apo- I have, I don't have to apologize for any of his behavior.
0: <laughs>
1: it, his behavior seems
0: mostly pretty great to me. It's, it's
1: just nice to have.
0: Yeah. It's just nice to have at least one. He seems, he seems like a good uh, – I mean, at this point, he's pretty old. He's, he's becoming the elder statesman of sure. mainstream rock, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But also kind of punk a little bit in his actions.
1: Sure. Uh, I, I, <laughs> a friend of mine, you know, like, would will take the opportunity usually to shit on the, a new Foo Fighters record whenever it comes out. Mm. And just like the Foo Fighters are just the modern-day Eagles and and whenever he says that to me or whatever, you know, like I will, I will I'll text him and say I have a confession to make <laughs> and this might offend you and I'm very sorry, but I objectively and unironically love both the Foo Fighters and the Eagles, you elitist fuck <laughs> so fuck off Oh.
0: Okay, so I thought you were gonna say I've got another confession to make and start
1: sending him the lyrics oh, to that goddamn man. Foo Fighters song. That would have been <laughs> okay. That would have been a, probably maybe a better way to go with the joke. Ne- I, next time, I, yeah, next time, next time, because I'm gonna forget that I told this story. <laughs> <laughs> so like in you know three to three to five episodes from now, we'll do this same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, that's good. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, listen, I don't really listen to the new Foo Fighters stuff either. I'm sure it's fine, but, like, that's not what I'm looking for. I, uh, I,
1: I, a few months ago, I, I I got really, you know, I was on, like, a little bit of a foo trip and was listening to, like, the the This Is Foo Fighters playlist and listened to a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, you know. this stuff's great. Yeah. They don't really make bad music. No, they don't. And I guess that it's it all... I, This is going to sound fucked up and and there will be some people might come, you know, come at you for this. But I kind of feel like it reminds me of how I feel about Gojira in the sense of like, yeah, man, I know the new Gojira is great. I don't even need to hear it. I know it's great. (laughs) Let me know when they put out a shitty one and I'll listen to that. Because that'll be like they're just so goddamn. Like, Gojira is so goddamn good. It's not even interesting. <laughs> so, man, uh, that'll tie. That's
0: gonna tie back into our discussion of this episode, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I I understand that feeling. Uh, I don't feel it very often, but I guess Foo Fighters is one of those bands for me where it's like, I know it's good. It's fine. It's not to that extreme. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But like. I kind of got everything I needed from, like, those first two albums, really. Sure. I think. Like, sure. The color and the shape is incredible. Yeah. And the first album has some really good shit on it.
1: The, the, there's, uh, so... And there's there's good stuff after that, too, for the, sure. The uh, Alone and Easy Target is, like, one of my favorite fucking songs ever. That's, like, on... It's on the first one. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I'm not sure what the lyrics are, but if you listen to them the right way, it sounds like he's singing a song about being mad, having to play with a metronome. <laughs> <laughs> metronome, Maybe. I want out. Like, I know that he's not saying metronome, but I like <laughs> to think that he's just really upset about having to record uh, lithium or drain <laughs> you or, or right. whatever it was that he had to record to a click track for Nevermind. Right, 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 right. And he's like, "I'm sh- Kurt's fucking dead. I'm gonna fucking show you guys.
0: Get this out of my goddamn system now." Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean,
1: that first album's pretty weird, so I could see it. There's such a charm to it, man. It's yeah. it's hard to not it's hard to not love. You know. Yeah. Um. So I and it's I I almost love the Foo Fighters as people more than I like a lot of their music.
0: I think that's exactly the case for me too. Like so, I really appreciate what they. Have become as far as just like a staple of music. Yes, uh, as opposed to anything they put out. For
1: sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, man, everything they do. I mean, I, yes, just fucking goddamn it, guys! Like, do a concert in fucking Houston. You haven't played in Houston in like fifteen fucking years or something. Have they not? They haven't, because they always play like ACL. Huh. So they they haven't done a proper concert in Houston in a very long fucking wow. time. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's real weird. I, not, are they banned from here they, I don't think so okay. I, this, this you know and I'll say this too and this is no secret like everyone knows that they're fucking incredible live like it, it is known right yeah, yeah. I that's what really won me over because I was I was like in like 2008 I was like whatever fine oh. you know like yeah I hate, they do songs on the radio that don't suck whatever <clears throat> and then I ended up at a you know this girl I was dating was like hey I want to go see Foo Fighters do you want to come with me you're the only person I know who will go to concerts I'm like yeah sure whatever <laughs> Um, and it was one of the best fucking concerts I've ever seen cool they didn't sound like a wall of shit <laughs> <laughs> you know and and it was it was so fucking good it absolutely it absolutely I didn't I didn't I didn't even know all the songs you know what I mean yeah, yeah, and it yeah. just and I was just completely won over by the experience and I was like alright you sure. with the fucking best band ever I'm on board. So call me a fan. I've been waiting to fucking buy a ticket to see him in Houston ever since. That's so weird. That feels like the sort of thing where like something happened between
0: them and a venue or some shit, you know? Yeah, like when Ozzy couldn't play in San Antonio. Right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That's what I was trying to think of this whole time, yes. Right, yeah. Um
1: here, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell
0: you. Actually look at the last yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I would have gone, yeah. Dude,
1: f- that, setlist.com that is, yeah. is the shit. That side is fucking wild. It <laughs> is amazing. I have spent so many hours on this. I, like, I'm that, I'm the kind of dork. I will I will go in, and I will find a band, some some death metal band, like Suffocation or Nile, and I will sort of compare their set lists, um, and, I, and I will make a spreadsheet and, like, tally yes, up yes. the number of times that they've, and, like, you know, what songs have they played the most and what's the last time they played it and shit? Don't like they have that built into that site though? Um, to, to some extent, right? They do. They do. They do. But sort of. Um, but I will go deeper than. Okay, what they, don't, is there. they don't have full enough reporting tools for your purposes. Yes. I see. Um, oh, okay, man. I'm full of shit. Okay. I'm full of shit. They so, played there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. Right now. Um, no, so I was talking about CM them in January of two thousand eight and then they played in April of twenty eighteen. So there was okay. a fucking full decade there. Still. Like a decade, yeah, yeah, yeah. And April twenty eighteen was like a month after my son was born. So yeah, that okay. makes sense. I was a little foggy then. Fair. So but yeah. To... Seriously, though, guys, fucking 10 years is yeah, what the fuck, guys, awesome. and now it's been fucking like what four years since the last one. What the fuck? Where have you guys
0: been the past two years? assholes? Yeah, 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 yeah. lazy, you lazy foos. <laughs> um, um, I will say, the set list uh, is it setlist.com or setlist.fm or is it FM? FM? That side has saved me uh, sanity, if if nothing else. Oh, yes. Because I do not remember when I saw anyone. <laughs> and I can go find those shows on there and say, oh, God, this is when I saw them? That doesn't seem right at all. My memory is fucked. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. So
0: I know that, well, I guess that doesn't save my sanity. I guess that proves that I'm going insane very, <laughs> very, very quickly.
1: Like an infected mushroom. Yes.
0: Infected mushroom. I was going to bring this up. Infected mushroom. Great cover of uh, The Pretender. By Foo Fighters. Oh,
1: no shit. Yeah. How about
0: that? Totally.
1: Way to go. Way to go, Mushroom. (laughs) Way to go, Infected. Oh,
0: man. They just put out a a new EP uh, recently that I discovered today. It was on Spotify and listened to it. And it was so fucking
1: good. Nice. Nice. Those
0: those songs go on. I realize what it is I like about a lot of their stuff. And it's that they take you on this journey.
1: Oh, for sure. That's definitely fucking true about that band. Every one of those songs (laughs) takes you on this bizarre journey. Yeah. Yeah. that's... Yeah, they take you on a journey, and it is definitely bizarre. Yes. Um, so anyway, well, we're getting close to the hour mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> of yeah. our preamble, anyway.
0: Pantera's great live. So uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Pantera's great live. Uh, drummers are drummers are nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My drum instructor set a high bar, and way to go, Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah. Keep on, uh, keep on trolling the. Uh,
0: uh,
1: Maybe he's. Would you say that Dave Grohl's. Pissing in the mainstream. Oh no, no, <laughs> no! Where well, the boys allowed to piss in the mainstream?
0: I only know one person who would say something like that, and I don't recommend you listen to what they say. Gosh, I,
1: I'm. I feel I feel like such a bitter ass that I, I devoted like a whole two episodes to talking shit about Ed. Really, just one because it was mostly no one's live. ever going to hear the first one, <laughs> the first round of, of talking shit that got lost. Yes, um, and I I still somehow did not get it all out of oh, my okay, system. Oh, okay, you have more to say. Well, no, no, I'm not, not now, not like now. you can just feel this
0: residual. I wasn't going to get up to leave.
1: So, that being said, um, uh,
0: I mean, we're listen if not, if 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 you're going to say that anywhere, if like you know, where else.
1: If not here. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I I have to say, so so this week, what we're going to talk about um, is...
0: Yes, we didn't mention, like we are not doing part three of video games this week. This is a hard left turn into three more left turns. (laughs)
1: Uh. If we do them all in a row. We don't have to do them all in a row. So, I originally had the idea that I wanted... So, 1991 is known is understood to sort of be the, the, the sort of the benchmark year of death metal. It's, it's the year that everyone sort of was like, Oh, this is what fucking death metal is. And the, and uh, the website invisible oranges wrote a really great blog, like in 2016 detailing like 25 albums. I think it was 25 albums, whatever. Um, just look up, you know, Invisible Oranges, Death Metal 1991, and it'll come up. Was it one per year at that point?
0: I don't... No. This is just so happens to be 25 years after
1: 1991. But it's not 25 years after 1991. It's 20 say, years. You said 2016, right? I did. Or is that 25 years? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> math is hard. Um, but not as hard as this Death Metal. Uh, anyway. But not, Yeah, math is... So... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I sort of had this idea cause you know, like I came across an article sometime last year and I went and listened to all of them. And so I was going to try to, you know, without subjecting Robert to, you know, like 20 hours of fucking death metal in one week, I was going to try to sort of craft something. And then in the process of it, I was like, all right, it makes more it makes more sense for me to talk about just my own sort of personal journey being exposed to death metal and grindcore, the elements of death metal and grindcore, and and the journey that I made before I realized like, oh, I just fucking like death metal. Which was a pretty long fucking journey. A pretty there was a pretty you know, it's pretty long distance between a and point A and point B there for whatever reason, mm-hmm. because that'll establish my reference frame. And it's very, you know, and it's personal, so I can't fuck it up. <laughs> but if I start talking about something that's a little more historical and I start talking about, you know, like, all right, well, this is when you have this element introduced and that element introduced and that element introduced. If I establish my reference frame, then I feel like I can be can be forgiven right, if I fuck some things up. Right. Because I, I do want to do that episode because I think it's fucking fascinating.
0: Sure. Um but, but it's like if this is where you're coming from, this is what you know. Yes. And there are the yeah. Sure.
1: Yes. So so you know, so then then some purist can't like come after me um about about something. So so yeah, so this this playlist. So I start off as like, yeah, I can do this in a playlist. Nope, can't. It's gonna take three. Um just always,
0: always triple your estimate. Turns out,
1: yeah. yeah. So this first one really is just sort of from the years of like 1998 to sort of 2000. Or, okay, or 2001, 2002. Okay,
0: that was a much shorter. I didn't look at the dates of any of these. Oh. Uh, you you have the spreadsheet, I know, but I did not pay attention to that aspect of it. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> so yeah, like maybe 2002, like 98 to 2002. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, pretty a pretty short time frame. And so this is this is just sort of the stuff that I was sort of exposed to really just kind of by accident. Like I wasn't I wasn't trying to seek out death metal. Mm-hmm. Um but looking back now I can, you know. And so there's a lot of things on here that are there there's some things on here that are definitely not death metal but to me they they track as having some death metal elements okay to to me at the time okay you know and so well that's
0: i'm glad to hear you say that because there were some things on here where i was like
1: huh no kidding definitely not. okay i wouldn't call okay definitely there's a there's a lot of stuff on here that's definitely not death metal okay um but i wanted to include it because it was just sort of setting up things, right, you know, because there was and this is the thing too, is that there's a lot, you know, all, all of these bands, all these guys in this first in this first playlist, every one of these guys is making music, especially in how I broke it down like group one and group two or whatever. Um, all these guys are listening to the ten years of death metal records that have been already made, right. So they're, they're reacting to that. I can see that now. I did not see... I, I, there's no way I could have seen that at the time. Right. And so in, like, fucking 1998, it was, a lot, it was a lot more difficult. Like, now, if you want to get into death metal, you can, like, fucking look at, like, top 20 fucking death metal albums. And it's very easy to sort of figure out where the lines are drawn around these genres. Um, and, and it was much more difficult then. It was just sort of, well, there's metal. And there's the metal that's quote-unquote cool and quote-unquote not cool. And there's the metal that's underground and then there's the metal that's at Hot Topic. And that's kind of where your fucking lines were.
0: Man, that's weird. It's weird to think about. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. that That is the... You looking for something? I was going to try to pull up this on my phone because I have the sheet here. Yeah, okay. So, um,
1: there we go, but yeah, and so, yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Just in case I wanted to reference it here as well. So, okay. So do you have somewhere you want to start necessarily?
1: Oh, I mean, you know, let's just, let's just jump in. So hit me with some reactions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I...
0: First of all, was the list in any particular order?
1: It was in the order
0: I discovered it in. Discovery, okay. Got it. Uh,
1: Okay. As best that I can remember. You know, there's some that it's like, oh, that might have been technically after that. Sure. You know, but... um, And you do
0: have your mode of discovery listed here as best you can remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And then sometimes some notes about why it was included if it seemed like an odd choice. And so I put in, you know, like the year I also sort of put in the sub <laughs> because a lot of this isn't death metal or it's various. It's like melodic death metal or it's brutal death metal or it's a thrash metal band that's making a death metal record um, or whatever. And so, and I also put in like the, you know, yeah, the year, the year the album was released, and the year that I heard it. So, but I put it. It's attempted to put in the in the year in like the order of it, my exposure to it. Okay. So most of the stuff I have like
0: a note about 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 each song. I don't. I didn't make a note for every song. I made the note for like eighty five percent of the songs. Let's Sick. say most of them, uh, and some of the stuff I knew. Uh, to some extent, right. Uh, but I'll, the vast majority of the stuff I had never heard, or never realized that I heard, I guess. Um. Like some, you know, I don't know. Some of these notes are very interesting, I guess.
1: So, so the first, the first band on here, I put two songs by uh, Morbid Angel. Yeah, and so this is probably the first band that I listened to, knowing like I am listening to death metal right now. And so Morbid Angel, because a lot of these things, they're in this particular list, they're death metal and something else. Mm -hmm. Or they're a kind of band that's putting in a death metal influence into their thing, right? Yeah. But Morbid Angel was the, the first band that I listened to that was like, oh, this is what death metal is. This is just death metal. There right. the, was the first band that you
0: like went to for death metal, basically.
1: Well, I just went to it because it's like, oh, people say this is good, people talk about these guys, I should listen to it, and so, and I got it, and I was like, whoa, what is this? Oh, th- this is death. Okay, mm. so, oh, we got to talk about the first thing. Did you did you look at the Cannibal Corpse YouTube link? Oh shit, no, I totally forgot. Okay, just pull it up right now. I did now. not. Okay, just pull it up. So if you if you are our age. Then you have been exposed to death metal, whether you realize it or not. Stage central, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click on that. Watch it. Watch. Watch it. You'll remember it because you've seen the movie. Hey, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. No. Um, Number still nine one one. Oh. But so if you don't know, uh, God, right. so this is Cannibal Corpse playing Hammer Spashed Face. So Chris Barnes on vocals, you know, this is going to arguably be everyone who's our age. This is our first exposure to Death Note. <laughs> this is the first time we fucking heard it. You might be right. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I would bet some of my flesh on that. <laughs> so... God, right? So, so anyway, so yeah, that's that's like the first exposure, but it's just like you know when you're a fucking kid seeing that, you're just like, oh, that's just crazy music, whatever. Yeah, right. And there's like behind the scenes clips or like deleted scenes where Jim Carrey gets on stage and is like singing with him and shit. And oh wow, it's, it's a lot of fun or whatever. That's cool. So, uh, but. And and then, like, it was known that Cannibal Corpse had, like, the crazy album covers and, you know, all the gory stuff and, like, you know, Bleeding Vaginal Maggots or whatever their fucking shit was called. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it just – that didn't really appeal to me at the time. Um, but I don't know. I decided to fucking buy this Morbid Angel record. I bought it. And and it it stands as a nice contrast to – a lot of the groove metal and stuff that's going on because there's sort of like a different vibe and the way that they approach... Well, first of all, Morbid Angel's weird. Um, the, the main guy, you know, Trey Azigthoff, who names himself after like a Lovecraftian fucking guy... Right. Um, ...character. The dude's fucking weird. And, and I think that Morbid Angel has a great sound and a great vibe. And this is sort of the second era... After they lost their original, or after their original frontman and bassist left. We'll talk more about that later, or like in episode three. Okay. But I don't think, like, I love Morbid Angel, okay? I love Morbid Angel, but I don't think they put songs together very well. (laughs) They have really, really cool fucking riffs, but the way that their songs flow is just always, always a little unsatisfying. Okay, but I still fucking love listening to them. The riffs are incredible, and the and so these two songs, like Heaving Earth, might that might be the first blast beat that I ever hear. Wow. Okay. Ah, uh, and so there's 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 two possibilities on what the first blast beat that I ever hear is. It's it it might be this, but I I, I think I think it was probably technically that, but I don't think I understood what I was hearing. So, um, so yeah, Morbid Angel, first like, yeah. Anyway, did you have any reactions to the Morbid Angel tracks?
0: That, I I think I agree with your assessment that they don't put songs together very well. Like I, ca- I feel like I got that from listening to these.
1: Right, you're like you know it starts something like oh this is a cool groove or this is a cool thing or this is da 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 and then like a minute and a half in you're like. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of struck me as like they sort of glued some parts together
1: that maybe didn't really Right. Right. Um, and and then there's like okay, this is a this is a interesting guitar solo that I'm not sure really fits. So my
0: one note about these two songs, I didn't I didn't make a note about about the first song, but for nothing is not uh, I said the guitar solo sounded like it was sampled from a different cassette tape.
1: Yes, 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 and it, and the way that it sits in the mix, it takes up like so much of the fucking mid range. So weird, yeah, yeah, it's fucking strange. And I, I think that their earlier material does flow a little bit better. And so I'll expose you to some some more of that when we, you know, mm. as later on, as the lessons and, continue. Yeah, and we'll we'll see how how that stuff hits you. But this is this material is gonna always be special to me. You know, the the stuff off of Formula's Fatal to the Flesh and the stuff off of Gateways to Annihilation because it was my first exposure to that band. And so it's always gonna be I'm all I'm always gonna have a special place for it. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And so uh and so the next song on here was um Fear Factory. Yeah, Fear Factory, but a track from their first yeah record. Soul of a New Machine. Which, you know, I, I love that now. But at the time it was like this is just a fucking weak, sloppy version of D Manufacture. <laughs> Fuck this record was probably how I felt about it around ninety seven when I when I got it, you know.
0: I'm pretty sure whenever it was that I first heard it, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how I felt about it because D manufacture is just like so tight. It's 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 so tight and so like powerful
1: and it is it is a goddamn watershed of a fucking record. Yeah, yeah. Like shit's like the, just different. The pro-
0: production is insane on that album.
1: It really 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 fucking is. And it that album changed the perception of like, oh, well this is this is how gu- this is how guitars and drums are supposed to interact. Right. And, and the whole like the whole, oh, we're going to have like screaming verses and singing choruses and and that whole template like it just codified that
0: yeah it's like this is it
1: this is it guys
0: yeah and like in some parts and so scapegoat is the song right that you chose here and like i feel like in some parts of this i might not realize it was fear factory if i didn't know that it was fear factory mm. like i'd heard this song before and I, i've heard the album uh, it's been a long long time and I, don't, I was a particular fan i wasn't particularly a fan of that album compared to the other stuff Right,
1: it it sits like in the same place that sort of Kill 'Em All sits to like yeah. ride the lightning and master puppets when you're. That's a perfect, yeah, you know, went for a lot of Metallica fans for us because that was, you know, I feel like that's sort of how we interacted with those records was all right, ride the lightning and master puppets is amazing. Kill 'Em All is that one that's like sounds different. Yeah, and, and if you're a kid, like you pay way more attention to production than you fucking should, like because you, you don't even realize it. It's like, oh, it just doesn't uh, for whatever reason. I love Kill 'em All now,
0: you know. Yeah, like there are things on Kill 'em All I don't really care much about. Like one of my favorite songs to play still is Seek and Destroy. That's sure. one of the most fun songs you can possibly play on guitar.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Um, but um, there's some stuff on that album that's just like, this is, this is weird. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, but if you, you know, like if you look at everything that was going around on around the time of it, you understand. Right. You know, and you can put yourself in that headspace and that context. You yeah. understand why that record is is what it is, and you understand that record why that record is. Well, there are a few people out there that are just dude kill them all. Is their best fucking record because because sure. of what it meant at the time. Yeah, you know, and and to me, you know, Soul of a New Machine is sort of similar in the sense of it's not. You know, I mean, that record came out in ninety fucking two okay yeah it's 1990 fucking two and there they are death metal grooves in the verses like death metal kind of choruses and then pure clean unapologetic clean singing yeah also in 1990 fucking two this is ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah um their newest record's fucking incredible also by the way fear factor oh, i still haven't gotten to listen to it but it's so good it's so good but yeah like that and i I feel like that groove in that like that is a pure kind of like death metal slink like a Mm. you know what i mean like that's a unique that's very unique to that's a very unique death metal element Hmm. that sort of comes out of that late 80s early 90s death metal scene like you know like obituary and you know even like suffocation to a to a certain degree you know and stuff like that but like that so yeah anyway
0: yeah uh so yeah like i said i've heard heard this song before but my one note on it was the mixing on the vocals is is so weird it's so far back and reverb-y it's just it was such a weird choice but that was kind of what that album was in a weird way
1: well yeah it's it's a it's only a weird choice because of where we they, he we where they
0: went from there yeah 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 yeah. Right. yeah. and
1: i almost wonder i i, I want to know how people reacted to that album when they heard it like i wanted this know, one or manufacture. oh really both but I, yeah. I feel like I know. I feel like I know how people reacted to demanufacture.
0: I, I guess what I want to know is, yeah, how did people react to Solving the Machine when they first heard it? And but then those people, how did they react to demanufacture? Sure. Like, what
1: was the What was the turnaround there? Sure, 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 sure. Because, yeah, they, 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 that that might have been like, oh, these guys went pure industrial, <laughs> right? Like that might have been the that might have been the reaction of, of of some of the tryhards, but. The, uh but yeah, like I, I want to know. I, I would be really curious to hear someone who, who to hear, someone's reaction who heard Soul of a New Machine, when it came out, you know, like, and and, and if, like they that you know, I bet there was a big contingent of people that were mad at them the way that we were mad at metalcore bands because it's like you're taking our shit and then you're making it fucking stupid. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> don't take our fucking death metal
0: grooves and put that clean singing on it. Our shit's cool. Don't make it stupid. Yeah. Clearly it's cool. But when you do it, it's stupid. It's
1: stupid. Yeah. Mm. Don't do not do something different. <laughs> uh, how dare you? So. um, Yeah. Did I write anything? Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. I have some random notes about things, but I, I didn't. That's, that's really all I have about um, about that song. Mm-hmm. Human Remains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd, how'd this shit hit you? Uh,
0: my one note is, this is weird as fuck. <laughs> Isn't it, though? <laughs> yes. Isn't it, though? <laughs> Very weird. So there, there were a couple spots on this playlist where I was just like...
1: Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> it's so fucking weird yeah. and wonderful. So yeah. I... Um, that opening... So So fucking weird. So, yeah, this... this, I feel like it's something that I should have heard before and somehow didn't. This band is... So, I remember seeing a big feature in the Metal Maniacs reviews section for this record. And they had the album cover. Um, I should have fucking brought it out here. Failure, Richard. Um, Just search you know, human remains using sickness as a weapon and you'll see that the album cover, it's great. And, but, uh, but yeah, so I was in, this, so it was in like my list of things to buy, right? Like I need to try to find this record. They say, this is fucking incredible. So I got to find a, try to find a way to, and they don't have this shit at Best Buy <laughs> right? or Sam Goody. And so on this, this Colorado trip that we went on and like, my freshman year, we stopped at this, we stopped at a mall in fucking Arlington, and um, I bought the two Century Media samplers, ID3 and ID4, which is where a uh, good, which is where some some of these songs come from, and then at a weird record shop, like, next to a fucking Burger King or some shit in Colorado, where we stopped to eat, where we stopped to eat, Um, I found this fucking record and I was like, oh my God, this is like the one in the magazine. I have to buy this. And yep, that's the one. And it's like a
0: spider lady with, uh, eight arms and eight legs. It looks like yeah on a vice with teeth, uh, with a guy in it, uh, Mm -hmm. who is getting crushed and she is sawing off his head with a, like a handsaw.
1: Yeah, man. And there's like a wolf
0: nursing at her teat it looks, looks like, like. It. yeah multitasking oh. okay yes. axe in the hand just for good measure on some TVs why not some like uh, this is some like Cronenberg
1: shit going on Oh, here. for yeah for sure okay cool yeah great so I'm done with that so yeah uh, and and I feel like the guy like was like the fuck are you doing buying that like, like I know we sell that but no one buys it like or why do you know who that is <laughs> You're fucking thirteen. <laughs> um, so I I got it and I and I listened to it and I was like, this is this is crazy, but I don't know if I get why this is as good as they're saying it is. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I put the two songs on the two songs I put on here were um, you know, the first one, weeding out the thorns. That's the first track on the record, and it's and it's it's weird, but it's heavy as fuck. Like that, that,
0: that's the one we're talking about. Da, here. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's the one song I didn't write that song down. Okay.
1: Um that's the first one that starts off with that Yeah 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 you know what I mean it's heavy as fuck that's definitely death metal um that's that's pure morbid angel that's pure sort of early nile and then that's just weird stuff in the middle mm-hmm. and and what you'll sort of come to find is that when shit like like the, like like the lines between death metal and grindcore are really interesting because it's almost like you have these two different camps approaching the same extremity from two different places and they somehow end up in the same place but they're okay. coming at it you know so you had the napalm death guys in in England kind of approaching from a punk rock avant-garde approach almost mm-hmm. and and that's like the grindcore approach and then you had sort of you know, possessed and Chuck Schuldner and death and, and, you know, all in, you know, cannibal corpse and all these guys kind of approaching from a thrash point of view in the States and they somehow all end up at, you know, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. and it's, it's just, it's, it's really, really fascinating to me. Yeah.
0: I didn't not you saying that makes that make sense to me more.
1: Right, so. a, a, and, and Human Remains is unique because they really straddle both of those. And so the second track I put on there, I put on there because it has that, that pure fucking DB, that grindcore DB, you know, that whole fucking thing, which that's not really a death metal thing. That's that's like a, a hardcore punk and a grindcore thing. Right, right. You know, and so that that's... But yeah, just, just out of a weirdness that I saw a Metal Maniacs review and happened to find this fucking record in a Colorado fucking head shop or whatever <laughs> is why I was exposed to this. And, and this record is still well regarded in the scene. Like people refer to this as a lost fucking classic.
0: I kind of want to go check that out because it, it like, like I said, this seems like I, I feel like I have things over my lifetime that I've found that are weird like that and I've latched onto them. For various reasons. And it it seems, seems like something I should have found earlier.
1: And it, it, it is fascinating to sort of um, look at some of the elements in in some of this stuff and some of the weirdness and sort of, I don't know. It's interesting to sort of like look at all this that I was exposed to and try to draw lines to sort of the music we were writing with All Severed Yeah, yeah. and sort of like draw lines of like, you know, like like that pickup switching thing that's going on in the middle of this song that mm-hmm. we're talking about. And so like, Oh yeah. So if like Jeremy does some, something of that and I'm like, Oh, well yeah, that's a song. Yeah, of course that's a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I know a band that made that sound and made a song out of it. Of course. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Tom Morello. No, who, what? No, the, no, these guys. Oh, you hear what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, be a, don't be a dick, band. No, I no, mean, that's what you would
0: say at the time. Like, fuck Don these guys.
1: Well, and like, a, a recurring theme with this is that a lot of these bands you've heard, but a lot of them, the way that you heard them was me trying to show them to you when we were high school and you being, no, fuck that. Yeah, um, so, so, probably. I, I don't have a lot of... I, I only... I, I do have a very specific memory of showing you Opeth. Um, oh, boy, I wish I remembered that. But I really very few of these bands I-, I was able to get my friends into and that almost like I think limited how far down these rabbit holes I went sure but another element that's unique in the human remains that was my first exposure to was the style of vocals so that snarl yeah um, I don't know if you can pull it up from memory but um real quick but yeah, yeah go ahead you know it so that is like the go-to death metal. Early death metal vocal. Because when you say when you say death metal vocals, you think of the low gutturals. That's like the stereotypical death metal thing. Yes. But early on, that's not what it was. It was that um it was that that Tampa snarl, as as I as I call like real throaty, you know? Cause that's how Chuck from Death sang, and that's how uh, John Tardy from Obituary, and and so many other guys like that was like the standard, and I don't hear that vocal style again. Like it's not it's not on this list, and it's not even on the next one. Huh. I don't hear that style of vocal until I start to go back and do my homework, really. Which is which is yeah, which is interesting. So, um, so yeah cool well that's yeah that's that's I'm glad that one flagged as something to you
0: yeah so I mean yeah. I guess uh, yeah I will say that I am just not a fan of this type of music generally mm-hmm. as a very like ex- as broad as I can possibly be um I like some of these bands already on this uh, on this list but very generally there is something about hmm there is something about some of these types of bands, not all of them, because some of the stuff was pleasantly surprising. Some of it was just like, I just don't, I can't do this. I can't deal with this. <laughs> something about a blast beat and guttural, mm, imperceptible vocals. Is annoying to me mm. on like some level. Okay. Um. I don't know. Like. I don't believe that it's that they're trying to do something that annoys me on purpose.
1: We're <laughs> gonna show that Rabel kid.
0: <laughs> but yeah, or or anyone. But it's just like I I believe that they're doing something that they that they think is a. <laughs> A good idea, <laughs> but I don't get it. Is what it boils down to. I so, guess. what is an
1: example of of a specific one that you're thinking about? Nile on this on this on this list. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And I and I will be excited to show you later Nile and yeah. see if it hits you because
0: I I think I've heard more Nile on this list than maybe most of the other bands over the years that I think you've showed me. What? Uh, you've 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 let me hear more Nile over the years. Okay. Than most of these other bands.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I misunderstood what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's one Nile song on here. What are you <laughs> fucking, like, what are you, more
0: Nile than any of the other bands? There's one <laughs> no, fucking Nile song. I, I have heard more Nile than other bands. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, my, my not Nile is one of my favorite bands now. Mm-hmm. Certainly was not at the time. Um, and uh, yeah. So so, if we skip ahead a little bit and we talk about the Nile song, so it's like yeah. the opening track on "Amongst the Amongst the Catacombs of <laughs> um And Which, again, yeah, sure, why not? Why not? Fuck it, yeah. I bought this record again because well, fucking Metal Maniac says that this is a fucking the thing to get, so I'm gonna fucking, fucking get this thing. And I <laughs> remember, it, it, this was this record was one of the first records I ever bought that was like, oh, um. This is too much for me. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for this. This is too much. And I also remember showing this to, I have a very specific memory of showing this record to uh, Jeremy and Brennan. Okay. So Jeremy yeah. was in All Severed. Um, Brennan Birch, who was in Mr. Hinkus, and um, also played in, like, early incarnations of bands and stuff there in Dayton Mm. um and their reaction what I remember is like well that's a lot (laughs) (laughs) but is it good (laughs) (laughs) any of it oh man was was, and I was like god damn it man I'm trying to like broaden my horizons here guys fuck only in a good way though and so you know why? Why you guys guys be so fucking judgmental about everything? So and yeah, and and I and and this is this is nowhere. Th- th- there is charm to this early Nile material for me now. Yeah, when you know the fucking like precise beast of a machine, high priest of death metal that they become. But yeah, no, like this. If this is all that they ever were, they wouldn't. Ha- they wouldn't have a career 20 years later. Sure. Um, and, you know, and it, it took them a few records to, like, get a drummer that could that could articulate... They, they, that, that was the right drummer for the band that was going to stay with them. You mm-hmm. know, this is their first drummer, and he's... <sighs> I mean, he's amazing. He's amazing. You have to be amazing to even attempt to play this fucking music. You know? Yeah. But there's amazing... And that puts you in the top ninety percent. And then there's George Coleus, and that guy. You know the difference between the top ninety and the top ninety-nine is is, is just a long, 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 long fucking way. You it know, becomes there's a, exponential. There's a yeah, there's a big difference <clears throat> between that and, and you know, and Derek Roddy and and George Coleus and whatnot. And so by the time you get to Annihilation of the Wicked. Oh, that. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. All right. <laughs> I'm getting verklept just <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I, I totally get like not, not vibing, not vibing with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: like my my notes about it where the mixing is so all over the place here. Uh, but the guitars are way shitty and too far forward. Also, what the fuck is he saying? Oh yeah. Oh like yeah, yeah. None of this is doing anything for me. It's for actually sure. kind of actively bad in a way.
1: I would disagree uh, with that, but that's okay. But again, like just hearing that one song out of the other thing, though, is like they have, they would have like three vocalists. Mm. And so if you just hear one short snippet of it, you know, and you don't hear like the context of the record, because sure. the record has like an arc to it.
0: They do like a Mastodon thing where everybody's singing different songs.
1: In a sense, sort yeah, of, or yeah. different sections of songs and stuff like that. Like, it, it's a little more digestible when you listen to it. Think sure. of that, that song as like a really brutal opening scene of a fucking horror movie. And so there's just all of it, all at once. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. And so the elements become a little more identifiable as you listen to the rest of the record. And then when you come back around, it's like, oh, okay you know. Right.
0: You can see more what they were going for, sort of.
1: Or or you're just able to, like, identify it all doesn't, it doesn't feel like as much of a mess, you know. So, um, so, but but that reaction, it makes sense to have that reaction to just hearing that one track off of that record, for sure. But it's important. I need to include it. Sure. So, um, so we back up a little bit. How'd that Arch Enemy track hit you? Uh, I said
0: it's like a Metallica song mated with a Megadeth song. Really? Yep. Because <laughs> I heard Metallica Metallica grooves and, and, and then some Megadeth riffs
1: in there. I would have never, ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. So,
0: something about that song. Ever, ever, ever <laughs> fucking said that. <laughs> something about that song hit me just right like that.
1: Okay, so we're going to talk. We need to talk about, like, there's three songs that we need to talk about at the same time. So we need to talk about the Arch Enemy song, Beast of Man the at the gate song okay
0: blinded by fear and the carcass song no love lost i don't know that i made a note about the carcass song i didn't make a note about the carcass song
1: um so all three of those songs are in the subgenre of being melodic death metal okay okay so okay. which was this whole thing that sort of broke off and um you know mostly so in in that Carcass record so if you look No Love Lost that came out in 1993 and so it's usually cited as being sort of the proto melodic death death metal album because of the kinds of riffs that that they play throughout that album mm-hmm. Are you gonna hit it or you want me to hit it yeah just to kind of refresh your memory
0: Oh, what happened? I was go forward.
1: Oh, there we um, go. But, like, all riffs you can sing, you know? Right. Okay, yes. You know, all sorts of melodic shit all over that, right? And so the reason we need to talk about Carcass and Arch Enemy at the same time is because... The guitarist in Carcass left Carcass to form Arch Enemy. <laughs> oh, okay. And and so there's 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 a direct sort of connection in the lineage there, and so yeah, like so. But this this Arch Enemy song is to me just pure fucking. it's a great example of just pure fucking melodic death metal. Um, you know, you huh. there's no fucking melodic singing, and that's kind of one of the staples of melodic death metal is you don't have. You know, like it's death metal vocals, but all the melody is. But but then it's sort of like almost sometimes Iron Maiden esque guitars. Yeah, with absolutely with extreme with death metal drumming underneath. Okay, is sort of like the mellow death formula, if you will. Um, if I was to greatly reduce it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very general. Um, and so yeah, I heard this. This Arch Enemy track was like was on the on the ID four you know century media sampler and this i think might be the first time i heard a blast beat and knew what it was okay (laughs) because this song if 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 i ever if i'm ever teaching a drum student and they're like i really want to know how to play metal this is the song because it has all the feels in it like you have the like The halftime double bass, you know, you have that, you have the thrash beat, you know, and then you have like the kind of the, the pushes for the chorus, you know, and it's like, just to have all that, and you have blast beats in there too, it's all in there, to have like those four elements put together really well is pretty I don't know of another single fucking song that does it as well as huh. this song does. Cool. Um,
0: I mean, I like, for what it's worth it, like, I like the song. It it's was, great. It was, it was good. Yeah. I
1: feel, so I made a mail order to order a whole gang of fucking Century, CD, Century Media CDs, and this was the one that did not come. Oh, man. I feel like my life would be different <laughs> if, you know, stigmata would have arrived in the mail. But just didn't come. They took my money. They didn't send me something different. They were just like, we don't have that one, bro. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Ten weeks later, you know. I mean, mail
0: order back then. Fucking, what do you expect?
1: Yeah, like I tore a page out of a magazine, wrote down in the blanks what I wanted, did my own fucking math, yeah. went to the bank Got a money order for the yeah. amount after I calculated the tax myself. Put that shit in the envelope and just send it on. God. And we'll fulfill your order in 8 to 12 weeks. Yeah. <sighs> wow. It's a different fucking time. Seriously. Um, where, you know, like now it's like, oh, it's going to take more than two days. Do I even want Will I even want it by then? <laughs> I mean, I got this automatic shipping confirmation in my email seconds after I ordered it.
0: So they know that I ordered it. I know that they know. Whereas here, you, you know, for months, you just
1: get lost. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they were going to call you, be like, "Hey, we we you know we we saw we got your order. We'll be shipping it out in the next few days." No, that wasn't going to fucking happen. No. You just like well, you were going to get it, or you weren't. You're going to be like, "Fuck," just putting it out there in the in the ether, forgetting about it. Yeah. So I love this fucking arch enemy song. Um, yeah, there it is. And and. uh do you do you wanna hit the at the gates as, over here? Yeah, I guess we might as well. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm okay. gonna wait. Because there's a lot to say about that one. Okay. So uh, another song that I heard on those um, on the the S on the, the sampler CDs was the strapping it was the first time I heard Strapping and Glad. It wasn't this song. The song was Detox. Okay. But I went and bought that record as soon as fucking possible. And the opening beat. So I'll put the song i Hell, All Hell the New Flesh," and I really debated as to what Strapping Young Lad song to put on here because they're 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 in that weird category where it's like this is not death metal, but they're inspired by death metal, and this is the other thing too is that Gene Hoagland played in Death, right before he played in uh, Strapping Young Lad, and so on this album. Yes, right before he played on this album, yeah. he he played you know on over um, over overactive imagination and symbolic, which are just universally acclaimed death metal records. Um, and so this record, but interestingly enough, the band Death doesn't use blast beats, even though they kind of created the genre of death metal. They don't really use blast beats. So, but that's another story for another time. Um, <laughs> So Gene, that was really wasn't Gene's bread and butter. Um, <laughs> he has a story about um, doing playing a festival, and he like throws out a blast beat during a, a middle of a song, like just fuck it, like oh here we go, fuck it, yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, and and he was doing it in front of uh, Jeff Walker, who's the singer and bassist in Carcass. Now Carcass Carcass's records before this Are not melodic death metal. They're they're a big fucking deal, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. But let's just say that they they had that blast beat vocabulary fucking down on their records before this one. I mean, and on this one, there's blast beats on this record too, just not on this song. And uh, so Gene's like, "Hey Jeff, look, I'm blasted on this fucking song." They get done, and Jeff's like, "Leave the blasting to us." Damn. (laughs) So think about everything you know about Gene Hoglan, right? <laughs> you know, holy and shit. Jeff was like, "Hey, <laughs> not here, Gene." Um, wow, that but ain't it, Chief? Yeah, but this, but this strapping young lad song starts off with, uh, you know, I think the technical term for it is a is a bomb blast. Cause, okay, because there's all sorts of different names for fucking blast beats, bomb blastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not the not boom, the boom boom, (laughs) Mr. Boom
0: Bastard. There it is, not not back to Shaggy.
1: There it is. Um, so, like, uh, I'm not if you want to know the difference, go just go search, you know. But, like, just for your sake, Robert, so a hammer blast is also called a suffo blast uh, uh, because of suffocation. Okay, is. Uh, we'll say eighth notes on the snare and cymbal together, mm-hmm. and then also eighth notes on the feet. So, so okay. just mm-hmm. all unison, <laughs> right? If you double the feet, but you're still doing eighth notes up top, that's a bomb blast. Okay. You know. Okay, and yeah, that makes sense. That's what that is. So, what Gene's playing at the beginning of All Hail the New Flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's that's you know what I mean. And so, and I mean, but that that shows up in Morbid Angels in those Morbid Angel tracks, you know. So it's like it's that's not the first time I heard that beat, but it that that fucking that made an impact. Okay. Sure. Syl made a huge fucking impact, and it's and I I would just buy records if Gene fucking played on it <laughs> after that, you know. Nice. So um one thing i wanted to throw out about carcass real quick is so you could consider carcass like the fucking miles davis of fucking extreme music okay because they just changed the game like three fucking times and then just said well we're gonna just stop for a while whoa and then they came back and everyone's like yeah man we fucking love carcass and then they've had a really solid career ever since putting out records consistently and doing doing fine. But, you know, their their early records are just gory ass fucking grindcore. You know what I mean? And then they were the first band to sort of put in all those uh like all the real gory lyrics and stuff like that like cuz okay. cuz Jeff's like sister had a uh, fucking uh I was like a medical student so he just like got like a medical oh. dictionary and that was how they like made their album art was like making a collage of all this sort of shit and so <laughs>
0: damn that's so they like a good idea <laughs> in
1: like 3 or 4 records they invented or they like you know made they pushed grindcore forward they pushed death metal forward and made made it technical they sort of and they also like created gore grind along the way. Sure, why? And not? then they said, fuck it, we're gonna make melodic death metal too. And so they just they just each record is, is different and it's a progression. It's like genre defining. Yes, like and they basically. defined like four genres. And like, all right, y'all have fun with that. We're gonna like <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go work in a still mill. Here's what you can do. Have fun. We're gonna go, yeah. Yeah, we're like he, like they just he just <laughs> gave they just gave the nineties and the mid like like we they just gave the metal community like 10 or 15 years of an, of assignments. <laughs> right. And Here's then fucking work. like went home and like propped their fucking feet up, oh, you know? Wow. I didn't realize that. Uh, so yeah, dude, fucking prolific. You cannot say to, in in my opinion, you cannot say enough about, about carcass. Um, oh, they don't have the real fucking album cover on here. You fuckers. Um, I was, but, yeah, like song titles like Genital Grinder and Maggot Colony and, you know, Microwaved Utero Gestation. Of course. Yeah. Why
0: what? wouldn't that be one?
1: Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. I, I One night I just read these titles to Alice, some She'd be like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's not medically possible. And then once in a while she was like, oh, that's a thing. Oh, <laughs> shit. Know? Like, well, yeah, if you're,
0: th- if you're just taking if you're just taking terms out of a book and slapping them together like a you know, re- refrigerator magnet sentence.
1: Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's... crepitating bowel erosion. <laughs> Good God. So yeah, so like all like every time you've seen like some crazy dirty ass fucking grindcore band and like oh you know like this next song is called like excruciating vaginal flaps or whatever. That's a you, you blame Carcass for that
0: direct reference.
1: But then also. <laughs> every fucking every band we saw trying to rip off Killswitch Engage. You can also blame Carcass for that in a way. So, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, the only figure that deserves as much blame in music history as Carcass is Miles Davis. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Fuck. You heard it here. Uh, so yeah. Um how that grave song hit you? Uh
0: I liked it. Uh and what I said was it'd be fucking weird, but uh heavy prong vibes. Yeah, I get yeah? that. I okay. Get that. I get that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um I said I feel like this is the type of sound. I feel like this type of sound is meat and potatoes metal. Just the most straight ahead, no nonsense, simple metal, and it's not a bad thing
1: sure and their 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 stuff their album before this you know it hasn't been until recently that sort of went and explored some of their earlier stuff and it's a little it's a little more like oh well that's that's death metal right mm-hmm. um but this is just a song that i heard and actually their their record before this i believe was a huge influence on devin while he was writing city oh interesting so but yeah i thought you would dig this because that that guitar tone i have a very specific memory of you kind of looking for that guitar tone mm. like that being mm. your ideal guitar tone that kind of real i don't know it like gets real <laughs> i don't know how to describe it. i know
0: what you're talking about though yeah it's uh it's 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 wow. it's clear but it's like good shit
1: yeah this is the first time i've I've, I've actually uh, this, is, <laughs> this is a saint arnold pumpkinator
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah this is really good holy shit really good. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um it's wow. like it's clear and it's it's crisp, but it's it's like uh dirty,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that like a scooped mids thing or is it a
0: there? there are, yeah, there's definitely some scooped mids, in okay. There. okay. Uh, not only that, but it's it's a big part of it, yeah. yeah so, this is
1: like a guitar tone that is really popular along a lot of, among a lot of Swedish death metal bands, really popular with Entombed, who I didn't who's not on here, but um. But, yeah, and did you catch the, like, five minutes alone vibe in the middle of the of, of this song?
0: Oh, I don't, it didn't stick with me if I did, uh, but... Let me see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. 3,000%. <sighs> 3, <sighs> 3, <sighs> yeah. Yeah
1: yeah it's it's sound man like i am surprised because like this i heard it then and i was like this is cool but it didn't really like it didn't really grab me i that shit holds up to me that that's you know i'm like that's fucking good pretty fucking rad so yeah i'm into it uh all right what did you think about the at the gate song the blinded by fear
0: so at the gates, like I know at the gates to some extent. Okay, I've listened to him over the years. Okay,
1: and, and so you've liked, you've listened to Slaughter the Soul, yeah, yeah, record.
0: yeah, and and liked him. And my only my only note here is like it's one of the better tracks I've heard so far. Like it's it's, it's like, really fucking
1: good. It's goddamn undeniable. It's what it fucking <laughs> is, Robert. <laughs> fair, <laughs> Watch fair. What's your fucking tone, sir? <laughs> Damn you? I'll put um, you at the gates. Yeah. So. This uh,
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I just know that at the gates is awesome. So
1: Yeah, and and this record, you know, like you listen to this, this is a very unique record and this to like you listen to the song This wasn't their first record. It wasn't their first one, no. Okay. Um and they have like an interesting traject an interesting sort of like like they put this record on basically no one fucking cared. And then some and then they're like, Well fuck man, well, I guess we gotta go get day jobs and shit. You know? <laughs> and but then in the early 2000s, this record sort of became the like dark secret of the metalcore scene and of the newer metal scene. Uh, you know, And so, which was personally a double-edged sword for me because when I would hear these bands or like the guys in Trepanation, another band that I was in would show me things, I would be like, dude, I already know at the fucking gates, get this bullshit out of here. <laughs> I don't need to hear at the gates with people who have spacers in their ears. I don't fucking care. You know, and part of that is is me just being like an aggro 23-year-old or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, by aggro, I mean a dick. I mean and being a jerk. And, you know. But, but yeah, like this, this is such – this record is sort of in that upper echelon of uh, production – Watermarks, sure. Of like cowish mahal burn my eyes, demanufacture slaughter the soul slaughter slaughter the soul. Like it's in there. Sure. Of like oh this is what a metal record supposed to fucking sound like. Yeah. Like you hear this song, you you don't know what year it came out. Yeah. So uh, just to go back real quick to,
0: to Syl, like that was my one note on there that I bother having to say because we all know like that album is so like incredibly produced like once i got to that song after hearing the rest of this playlist so far and most of the stuff after it i was just like god damn that sounds so good like it just sounds so it's that's what that should sound like
1: well but then also but but city is city is like its own thing it though. is but but it's so good at what it does
0: <laughs> regardless of intentionality behind it like god damn it sounds good well but you like it, and you already know it. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's you why I didn't bother it. even saying anything. Yeah, but you already know it. Since you say that, I'm going to bring it back to that. Well, another
1: thing, too, though, is like, that's like firmly in the industrial side of things. And so it was like, sure. it was, you know, like Devin's like, re, like re-sampling Gene's kick drums and replacing shit and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, there's parts that Gene wasn't able to play on the day, and, Gene was, and Devin's like, I know you can play that. I'm just going to punch it in, you know? Sure. And stuff like that. So... The way that Devin produced a record wasn't going to be limited to the way that, like, Morbid Angel put a record right. together, you know? Uh, you're
0: sure. In some, in some sense, like, that's not a fair comparison. I, I get that. Right. But it's just like, yeah, yeah, I got it. So,
1: but, but yeah. And then another thing that's really, you know, about, about At The Gate. So this song, it really just blew me away the first time I heard it. And I, and I got it on the, this was on Earache. And there was an Earache My Eye, Yeah, like, video that it was on so it was this and the and the carcass track were also on it as well and also sleep so oh a, wow as hip as sleep is now right like, yeah sure i was exposed to that shit in fucking 1998 <laughs> uh, i've been what i'm telling you is i've been bored by sleep for 20 some odd years okay no i i actually i, I, I actually I
0: thought, I thought you were gonna say you've been woke for, for 20 some odd years by sleep
1: yeah oh man dude you need to write my jokes okay we'll, we'll rehearse um, this a bit more next time yeah yeah we'll get to the next time next time this comes up uh <laughs> no nah, man i i i don't i have nothing bad to say about the band their fan base is uh irritating but sure. i really love the band sleep uh but yeah but so like what's interesting about the song is it's a hair faster than most thrash metal i don't know if you picked up on that or not I guess not. So a lot of thrash metal is like faster, like the faster in a thrash metal is in the like 210 to 220 range. That's where like, that's where like angel of death is. That's where, uh, or even uh, like machine head, the I am hell it, that that, that's like in the like 210 ish range angel of death in like 220 ish. This is like closer to 230. And so that gives it, and it's so fucking clean. And so it gives it a totally different, it's a totally different thing going on for me. Um, and also, something I wanted to point out was uh, a little bit of a connection here is that Frederick Nordstrom is the, who produced this. And so if you don't know that name and you're a metal fan, you need to pause this shit and go just look up that dude's production discography. Okay. Um, because he did like 3 of the fucking records that are on this list i think um but yeah uh yeah he did the arch enemy track above okay so he produced stigmata for arch enemy okay and then he also produced uh the opeth record that uh was is at the end of this playlist yeah okay so and then a whole bunch of opeth and a whole bunch of dimmu borgir and a whole bunch of other fucking shit so the, that, that he's like the dude. He's one of the... Abs, absolutely, you could consider him one of the architects of what the modern metal sound is. So... And At the Gates was sort of whenever he announced his, his arrival, I guess you could say. Um, he became quite... It might not have been immediately because for whatever reason, it just took that... Like, it took people a while to get that record. And now it is just universally... Understood, but it it took a while for people to, to, you know, that didn't come right out of the gate doing well. It was not great at, right out of, at the gates. Uh, (laughs) Right
0: out the gates.
1: Yeah, right out the gates. There it is. God damn it. (laughs) You're used to staying up late. I'm not. Um, So yeah, that's my spiel on at the gates. At the gates. Good shit.
0: Uh, So we did did Carcass, so Cryptopsy. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you you loved this. So, my notes start out with, These fucking vocals. I can't. LOL. (laughs) Just mumbling all over the place. Which they then double in the (laughs) post-bridge? Question mark? This This is one of the ones where I'm just like, all right. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this anymore.
1: <laughs> I anticipated that. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And, and and this is one of the ones that, like, honestly, like, going back and listening to it, it wasn't – it didn't th- – this is one of the ones that almost got left off when I was just – when I was going to try to just make one or two. Mm-hmm um but it's fucking important because i got this record early on and it was and i would eventually become quite the fan of this subgenre of brutal technical death metal and this is arguably my first exposure to it one of my first exposures to it um and it's you know it's understood to be a what what's what's difficult about these early brutal tech death records like that that first Nile record and this record yeah. is they're very very raw and like they're not like they're they're speeding up and they're slowing down all the fucking time. Like they're not done to a click track. And that if you're if you're familiar with the vocabulary of the genre, that adds some charm and to it. But okay. if you're not, it just sounds bad. It just sounds like that. a sloppy fucking mess. Did you catch like the, um, the the like the almost mud vein intro in the middle of it? Oh maybe. No, oh. maybe not. Let me see if I can find it.
0: Also, the song is called Slit Your Guts, which is...
1: It's a ballad. Okay, man. God damn it. This is what's... This is what happens when you have like 37 parts in a fucking song. (laughs) there it is okay (laughs) okay so you know a dude flo mounier the drummer on this so he he uh they're they're canadian um yeah
0: they're from Quebec. so i saw that yeah
1: so he was able to do some shit on the drums that no one else was able to do before and so that like he's doing that shit one-handed okay like oh shit He's doing that shit with one fucking hand. So, Jesus. you know, yeah. Like that right there. That's one fucking hand. There it is. So right around like the 150, 54 mark for, for a half a second, you get, yeah, you get like, you get part of a dig intro. The, the, the plinky. Brum, brum, gang. Wow. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, fucking Cryptopsy's great. But I didn't think you were gonna like it. I will, I will take your word for it, and I trust your opinion. So, all right. So, moving on. So, Testament. Testament. Tes- so, let me let me let me pull this up real quick
0: because I I wrote a note that I didn't cite, and I'm wondering if it's the Testament song
1: now. I can't remember. So, funny thing about the intro. So, the Testament song. Yeah, it's demonic refusal off of their demonic record, and so this is. So, so Testament is known for being, you know, hugely influential thrash band, but that shit had kind of run its course. And Eric is a big death metal fan. So they did it. Turn that shit down. Was it actually loud? <laughs> it's pretty loud. Okay. Um, But Eric Peterson is a big death metal fan. And so they actually like, They they because they tried doing the metallica thing and they put and they tried like oh well guess we'll do ballads and shit and that did not work and then we'll go the other way, uh so that so in the ninety seven they put out this death metal inspired record demonic, which had Gene Hoglan on the drums that's why I fucking bought it Mm. I hadn't heard a note of Testament before that so this was my first exposure to Testament and anyway I I fucking I I. I still have a special place for especially this song. But it is funny cuz so in the intro though there's the like 10 9 8 7 yes 6 6 6 like, 2 years before Slipknot. Hold on. Just sorry. Uh, um
0: no, it wasn't the Testament song I was thinking of. Uh for for Demonic refusal. I just said that I'm like digging the pace of this, and I'm and I'm feeling this. It's great because it's because it's
1: like it's more. I mean, for one thing, it's more digestible for us because it's more groove metal. Yeah, it's more of like, and that's that's a vocabulary that we were inundated in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So for sure, and and that's sort of why I wanted to include the things like Cryptopsy and Nile because they were so far outside of that, and they were so challenging at the time. Totally. Yeah. You know. And so it's, it's almost like I get to go back in time by seeing your reaction to it because because that's that's pretty much how I react I was like people say this is important <laughs> why can't I feel it i will keep listening <laughs> um, and so then you know uh, yeah so carrying on uh-huh Cradle of Filth Cradle of Filth I said yep that's Cradle of Filth oh yeah, yeah 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 I picked the shortest song off of this record <laughs> for you because <laughs> I ha- I had you in mind and I, there I are no low gutturals on this song but there are some on this record and that might be and so that was and the thing about this cradle of filth record is is sonically atrocious but the the very triggered nature of the drums made it very easy for me to understand this style of drumming. I could un- I could hear the drums so clearly. Now, they don't necessarily sound good mm-hmm. because it's so triggered and whatnot, but I could hear what Nick Barker was playing. I could actually hear right. it. And it was one of my first sort of ways to understand this vocabulary of this genre. And that's why this record, um, the record I'm talking about is Cruelty and the Beast is so important to me because I was already into all sorts of other stuff, but I couldn't tell what the fucking drummer was doing. Cause my ears weren't refined enough. I wasn't familiar. And I, and I, and I wasn't able to see these guys playing this stuff. Aside from a few yeah. random music video clips on VHS's mail ordered, you know? Right. Um, but this one, this record really <clears throat> changed all that for me. And so it's really special to me. And and yeah, I know it's not fucking death metal. Don't fucking tell me the Cradle of Filth is a fucking death metal. No one wants to claim those guys. The black metal doesn't <laughs> want to claim them. Death metal. Like they and and cuz they really they just sound like Cradle of Filth. That's all they sound like. That's it. Good on them. I mean, hey, if nothing else, they have their own unique sound. They really A gothic extreme terror metal, whatever you want to call it. And their, their whole thing it's great, cool man. N- n- I got I got nothing negative to say about them, but you know, I don't know if people really understand what that the that for a while there the gold fucking standard in extreme metal drumming was Nick Barker, because he played on this. He's on the he's the drummer on the Lockup song down below. He played on a lot of Bruharia, okay. and he was also the Dimmu Borgir drummer. For their, you know, on their ascent, so he he raised damn. the fucking bar. You can't you can't say enough about one what a fucking badass of a drummer Nick Barker is, and and just sort of how he elevated the fucking game, so to speak. So damn. So yeah, and so because of this, because of seeing, you know. Oh, who the fuck is this guy on the drums? You know, because I already had the first Cradle of Filth record for whatever random reason, and I got this. I was like, oh, I like that first one kind of, and the drumming just blew me away. And so then I would buy the Lockup record below, which has Shane Embury from Napalm Death on it and Jesse Pintado from Terrorizer on it. <laughs> and so okay. it, you know, it became a no. So I I arrived at Napalm Death and Terrorizer and Grindcore. Via Cradle of Filth. Wow. Because of Nick Barker. Okay. So, and so yeah. I can understand the importance. Yeah. Huge, huge, totally huge. And it's funny they've since like remastered and like remixed this record, and it sonically sounds a lot fucking better. And I don't want I don't want to hear a note of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that because like this is what you know? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, it's 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 objectively better. <laughs> don't get me wrong, <laughs> okay. but but it's it's it doesn't it doesn't hit that nostalgia. Sure. It doesn't it doesn't flick my my nostalgia bean. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a that's a it's a good bean to flick. Yeah. So, m- uh, moving along. Uh, so what's let me see what's next on the actual playlist. Because there were like I said there were a couple things I didn't make notes for. But yes, Emperor is next. Uh, curse You All Men. Uh, so I said this is maybe my favorite track. That is the most death metal on here so far. Uh, I feel like this is the quintessential song on this list. It has everything.
1: That's that's the Emperor way. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everything. Th- this was awesome. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so fucking <laughs> glad. I. Yes.
1: <laughs> I I've been waiting like thirty goddamn years for you to like an Emperor song.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's been others that I don't remember, lost in the sands of time.
1: Um, yeah, and so lots of people will fucking say like, blah 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 blah. Fuck you, wise emperor on a death metal list. Well, see,
0: that's what it took. It took you putting emperor on a fucking list with some of this other stuff on here. Where I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna like this, but you put emperor in there. Like, oh, it's like a breath of fresh
1: air. I get it, right? So, <laughs> so like we did. So. <laughs> I've already tried to do this whole, like, starting a podcast thing before, and one Mm -hmm. of the episodes Mm -hmm. that we did was talking explicitly, uh, an episode that has been recorded but will never be released (laughs) because it was recorded, like, a year and a half ago. Right. But I'd already exposed you to Emperor via, like, my, I wanted to, I talked just about the Century Media stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't expose you to this Emperor song. because the songs I was playing for you were the ones off of uh, Anthems. So, I don't know if you... I don't
0: remember specifically.
1: I, I, I got you, fam. Yeah. Um, so, uh-oh, that's the wrong list. There it is. So, it was the very, you know, wall of sound. You know... It's very different than the production, you know, Yeah. vaguely remember now. Yeah. Uh
0: Uh-oh. Ye Emanciparium.
1: And so, but on their, would have been their third full length, Nine Equilibrium in 99. So in Anthems to the Welcome, 97, that was the first time I heard Emperor, and it was life-changing for me, blah, 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 blah. But I didn't put any songs from Anthems on here because that doesn't feel like death metal to me it, it cause it more, I wrote it down here. Um, because those tracks on anthems embody more of the like epic majesty of black metal than the sort of clinical brutality of death metal. Okay. Yeah. But on nine equilibrium, you know, the other guys in the band, Besides Isan, the main songwriter and uh, and singer, mm-hmm. they were getting in. You know, you know Samat and and term, Tirm term Trim Trim. <laughs> I don't know the house Trim Torson, the drummer. I, I he's like my favorite one of my favorite fucking drummers, man. I um, Trim Torso. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I always forget if could the Y or the or the R comes first, but I think it might be Tirm. T-Y-R-M, I think is how you spell his first name. T Y R M Uh Anyway, they were getting into death metal. And that was what eventually was, I think, caused the schism with Emperor when they split up. And then those guys went and did a band called Zyklon, which was more death metal-ish. Anyway... This song, Curse You, Woman, the album Nine Equilibrium, it has a lot more death metal elements and a lot more of the kind of, like, the, it's a lot more precise. Like, the production is a lot different. It's it's like, no, man, you're going to hear all this fucking, you're going to hear all this notes. Like, it's less about the wall of sound, you know, but then the riffs and everything on top of it, like the melodies and stuff and all the layers, like, that's pure fucking Eson, that kind of symphonic black metal art art black metal thing that 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 emperor does that really only emperor does to the level that they do no one else makes music that fucking dense Mm. that is that fucking good
0: yeah i i like this uh unequivocally yeah
1: i'm i'm cool i am so glad (laughs) uh but yeah if i was gonna riff on that dude for a second on the drummer uh he is, to me, he's absolutely underrated because he takes, and we'll talk about this other drummer named Sean Reinert, who sort of elevated the technicality of death metal drumming. We'll talk about him later when we talk about the Death Human record, but...
0: Is that the record Human by Death?
1: Yes. Okay. The band Death made a record called Human. Okay. So
0: a band called Death Human that put out one record.
1: <laughs> Could be huh? oh, no. why not, yeah. right? Sure. And so <laughs> but what uh Torson <laughs> does is does uh-huh. better than, than probably anyone, especially at the time, was combine sort of the the brutality of like the brutality of black metal, like the kind of rawness, because a lot of black metal at the time is just very straight ahead. You know, like it's just fast and it's and it's like it's just it's raw. It's powerful. It's all those things like there's not a lot of syncopation. OK, okay. Um, I don't I'm not going to say that it's not technical because to be able to play that music requires technique, you know. Sure. But the the phrasing is very kind of square. I got you. And he takes that. He mixes all the chops of morbid angel of pete sandoval from morbid angel but then he puts in all this flair and all these accents that that uh and all the syncopation from like sean reinert is where you could almost trace that to because all these all these norwegian black metal guys were still listening to death metal they were still sort of taking that vocabulary and adapting it so so yeah, like the drumming on the on those emperor records is where it, the he plays on is just it's so fuck it's so weird and so fast and so brutal all at the same time and you to get all of those at the same time is just, ridiculous. what a treat what a treat <laughs> um all right. So I'm glad you like that song. That makes yeah. me very happy. Cool, cool, cool. Um. So next was the E is uh. So before we talk about uh-huh. Eeyore, uh huh. Let's skip down a little bit, okay, and talk about the terror about the terrorizer song. Oh, you want to
0: skip the terror? Okay, okay. So I will say, okay, yeah, let's do that. Uh I so okay. Actually, if we're going to do that, there were there were a few things that happened in a row that I had similar reactions. To. Or no, I had, yes, similar types of reactions to. Different reactions, but same types of reactions. Okay. Where for like four or five songs in a row, I said, oh shit, it's this. <laughs> and this is the first one where I said, oh shit, it's Thrash. You felt that about Terrorizing? Yeah. It. Okay. But it was cool. I liked
1: it. Yeah. This is not Thrash Metal. Sure felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So, so this is, the, but this is a very interesting point of contention, right? Because what makes it not thrash metal is it has blast beats. Okay. And that also the kind of the riffing, right? The riffing is much more of that kind of D beat punk rock kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, maybe
0: that's where the thrash came from. The flat thrash feel came from from. Absolutely, because yeah. it
1: is a thrash. It is the you know. Yeah right yeah. but the but what the guitar is doing is very different than what you would have in like a slayer song sure you know or a metallica song or a megadeth song yeah it's much more like sort of just power chord it's much more that kind of thing mm-hmm. and so the reason so this this terrorizer record is understood so th- this is this was released in 1989. Okay. Yeah. And it was written before then, but they just didn't get around to releasing and recording it, releasing it to them for whatever reason. The guy on the drums here is Pete Sandoval, who would then join hey. Morbid Angel. Hey.
0: Okay.
1: This is understood to be like the first blast beats that are that have tempo. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know, I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. So he he was like, "Oh, well, these are 16th notes, you know, one and a two and a three and a four and one and a two, you know."
0: Right. It isn't just like an unleashed like do what you can with this.
1: Right, it isn't just make an art noise now. Yeah, right, right, right. Which the early Napalm Death is kind of like that. Mm. And so so yeah, but the reason I wanted to mention this one is that if you if you listen to this terrorizer song, it's very clear to me that Eeyore is a... F- and, and if you listen to this Terrorizer song, you're like, oh, that's what Grindcore is. You know? Because that okay. th- t- this Terrorizer album, World Downfall, is understood to be like the Grindcore record, right? Or like the technical Grindcore record. Like, okay. like things that live in, like right in between Death Metal and Grindcore, Terrorizer, World Downfall, is the the penultimate record for that, okay? Okay. Um, because you have like, cause it's, 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 it's technically, it's not, there's none of it that's just noise, right? But it's aggressive, it's fast, but it's not super technical. It's not like, let me show you my crazy fucking guitar riffs and let me show you all my like harmonies or let me, sh-. right. and it's not even crazy song structures either. Yeah. So okay. that's what makes it more grind core, I guess. But you. But if you have that as a reference, then it's very clear. It is to me. It is inarguable that Eeyore by Slipknot is a fucking grindcore song. <laughs> I can,
0: I can see that in that light. I obviously I listen to them in different order. I've, I've I know Eeyore. Like yeah. Yeah. So. Uh. But yeah, thinking about it like that, I can I can see that. That's interesting.
1: And and so. You know now Eeyore was a bonus track. Yeah. On the self-titled album
0: it was like after a lot of silence and shit too yeah right. like a,
1: because that that's a thing they did in the 90s uh, is a would, hidden bonus track right and then i think there was like audio footage of them like watching the, like gross porno and throwing up or some shit like that uh, you know and then they and then they had Eeyore at yeah. the end of it i actually <laughs> i actually have like some weird memory of cj menard you know coming up to me and saying i don't i don't remember what he said but he mentioned something to the effect of like yeah i thought i thought slipknot was for like a bunch of posers but then i i i heard that grind song that they did (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) like he like he was really conflicted about like he wanted to hate on them Uh, more but he was like that's a it's like what's well, a fucking oh no <laughs> they've scrambled my brain uh. because i if if a, if someone's playing grindcore they can't be a poser ah <laughs> oh, uh, oh teens yeah yeah so uh and i also i wanted to put that slipknot track on here because man there's a big connection like slipknot was uh, definitely influenced by grindcore and definitely influenced by death metal and fuck you if you don't if you wanna to object to Slipknot being on a fucking death metal list. I don't whatever. <laughs> um yeah. so and again, this this is like a a personal list. And so being exposed right. to a song like Eeyore, even though it was a bonus track, even though whatever, it was like, okay, well, Da, 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 da. And so that had to sort of set a stage for a few years later when I would hear Terrorizer, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm down with this, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing, so.
0: I don't know. I'm re- I remember on that first Slipknot album, like that song being like a big fucking deal. I remember that being like a big part of that album for me. Interesting. Like, Because that was an album where like, the first what like six seven eight songs on that album. so I also had the version of the album that had the songs that they took off. what the fuck was it? Purity purity um I had the like they had earlier version of that or whatever
1: I think. Yeah, so that was the first version. That was the first pressing that had had Frail Limb Nursery as like an intro track and then Purity. Yeah, that. And then that got pulled because of some lawsuit bullshit or something like that. And they put um, that song Me Inside there in place of it, which I also fucking love. That song is fucking incredible. And, And then, so yeah, I... I have bought that record four times. <laughs> so I bought it the first time, and then I bought it to get me inside. <laughs> um, and then I, and then I got it a third time to get get this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I Worth got it a, a fourth time for like the 10 year where they had the DVD with the documentary and shit on it or whatever.
0: Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, something, some, something, something like that. But, but, but that, that album does almost have a, a first half and a second half.
0: That's where I was going with this. Yeah. yeah. was like, it, I, I remember really, really being so fucking into the first like eight or nine songs on yeah. that album.
1: Well, you could, you, you have, you have a, you know, wait, was it? It was, a, it's sick, eyeless, wait and bleed surfacing, spit it out, tattered and torn, yeah. prosthetics, purity, yeah. me and slash me inside or whatever. And then it's what? No life. or. or and, and then you have like that real charming, like third movement of the record. <laughs> right. You know? And so I remember
0: vividly like that album being a case of like, I'm going to put the album on and just listen to the whole thing. I'm going to get bored at a certain point to a certain extent no
1: kind of live like you're like around in there fine
0: yeah but then it's gonna eventually get to that last song again and I'm gonna be like oh yeah okay this made it up for it
1: oh man how fucking interesting because I I love everything on that record all for different reasons
0: yeah I did did not like it necessarily it was just if I'm gonna put on that Slipknot album and hear the first part of that album the second part of that album doesn't live
1: up to it for me It to, to me it's just different Okay. To me it's just different. Because I love liberate and no life and diluted and only one. I love those songs. I remember songs. all those songs
0: yeah. for sure. Yeah. I
1: I I I love those songs just, just as much just as I, up. as I love the other ones. But I I love them for different reasons. Yeah. And so the and and um so yeah, like and and again I made like a supplemental playlist that songs not included on here because they don't really fit but they're the honorable mentions and and there's we'll talk about those in a minute but you you've heard them all you don't need to listen to them but uh but yeah that uh, that kind of tickles me to know that you were always kind of a geek for eeyore
0: yeah they kind of came back around to the end of the album and just like brought everything right back up and it was like yeah, man. yeah, that is an
1: interesting flow when you think about it in that context. So, um all right. So then, after the Eeyore track was a track by Lockup, which is, you know, like I said, Nick Barker from Cradle at the time, which was his biggest profile. Shane Embury from Napalm Death, you know, living legend, and Jesse Pintado from Terrorizer, also legend, and they were just like. I read like some blurb that like Shane and Nick were just hanging out. They're they're both from England, like hanging out, shooting the shit, and talking about their favorite grindcore records. It's like, oh, we should we should make a fucking grindcore record, and they like made this record in a day, fuck, like wrote and recorded in a fucking day, just a fucking frenzy. Okay, you know, hit play on that fucking lockup song just to reorient yourself. Yeah, that's
0: what I need to do because let me turn it down a little bit too.
1: Pleasure paved sewers.
0: Right the name of it even just suck on that.
1: It's so fucking good. <laughs> just two minutes of fuck your ass. <laughs> so nice little halftime thing in there yeah it's just great yeah there's not really a lot to say
0: about it other than like oh, that's cool yeah i didn't have any notes on that one it was just like yep that's
1: yep It's a song that probably should be on this list
2: uh-huh
1: uh-huh <laughs> and again it's just it's it's i i didn't know who shane was i didn't you know what i mean i didn't know who any of these people were i was like but i knew who nick Barker was because he was on cradle filth and i like that click clack drumming <laughs> So so give me this fucking lockup record. I'll take it, you know. And uh, then I put a few bruharia tracks on here. and again, this is these tracks on here are like firmly in like the groove metal. Thing, yeah, yeah yeah, but their imagery, and if you read the translations of the lyrics, like what they're singing about is very much derivative of grindcore and and that kind of thing. And even and, and the second song, uh, Laboratorio Cristalitos has has like some grindy shit in it, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I just bought this record because it's like, oh well, this is Dino's band, right? I'll yeah. buy it. And and this, I don't know how 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 did this hit you? I don't have you had, had you ever listened to this record before? I don't know.
0: I don't remember if I've listened to this record. I listened to some Harry at some point in my life. Okay. Uh, but this sounded like generally what i remembered yeah kind of just like
1: that (laughs) yeah dude what is it petiti (laughs) petiti's te invoco god damn this song is so good i i I just kept listening to it Uh, i i was like what because at first i was like gonna put like you know brua hismo you know satan ismo brua hismo you know i was gonna put that one and then and then uh for whatever reason man i heard this one and i was like oh no you know, this is the fucking, this is the one, man. This is what needs to be on there. Yeah, go look up the translation of the lyrics for this. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> because not. it is a
0: fucking, it is a thing. I did not do that. So, it yeah. is
1: a fucking thing. But the phrasing, man, these hooks are so fucking catchy on here. The vocal phrasing is so good. Anyway, yeah. but again, you know who else plays in fucking Bruharia? Now I don't know who plays on which track. Okay, this is right. fucking mess. Right? You know who else plays in this fucking band? Jesse Pintado from Terrorizer. Shane Embry from Napalm Death. <laughs> Nick Barker from fucking Lockup. <laughs> the goddamn bassist from Faith No More. <laughs> wow. the fuck? Like, it's just a fucking mess, you know? And, and Raymond. And Raymond Herrera from Fear Factory no. also, also plays.
0: Damn. I knew it was a lot of different people. I just didn't
1: realize, <laughs> wow. wow, holy shit. Right. And they all go by, like, h- names, like Hongo. Right. And so you don't know who the fuck anyone is. They, did they dress like... Luchadors? Is that what it? The bandanas? They? I know they would okay, do that. Okay, it was more like it was like gangsters. Like yeah. That. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll cut your head off and shit. Yeah, right. That yeah, kind yeah. Of Stuff. Okay. Um. And then uh, you know, I put another I put another Morbid Angel track on here because I got it. You know, it was important. Um, this is a long droney ass fucking track, but if you yeah. like that morbid angel sound, then yeah. it's more of that sound. I didn't, I didn't make any notes. Cause it was like, this is morbid. Yeah, angel. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is more of that thing from <laughs> earlier. And, and so th- this kind of like takes us from like 98 to 2000 for me. Mm-hmm. And then I don't really know what happened in those, in between those years or whatever. Um, but, at some point, I fucking signed up for eMusic. <laughs> right, right, right. And I just went on the I just went on a fucking download spree, and I would download records while I would you know like okay, well let me put all this in the queue to was, download. Was
0: eMusic like torrenting, or was it, it was, like MP3.com like, sort of thing?
1: EMusic was like torrenting, but you would just pay like ten dollars a month for it okay but you okay, know but right. so there was i got exposed to so much stuff through there like that was when i got into like did kennedy's that's when i got into henry rollins and like Jill oh, wow. biafra and noam chomsky and all sort of shit it was through fucking e-music wow but but yeah so i set up the download <laughs> queue and then i'd like go to class and like come back like six hours later and i was oh cool that album's
0: done <laughs> yeah yeah right right <laughs> you
1: know um and so while during that rabbit hole, some of the things I, I mean, I, I found a lot of shit, but some of the things that I remember that are very crucial to the whole death metal grindcore story or whatever was that's when I came across that Terrorizer record. And I, I didn't even know, like, I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. I didn't even know that was Pete Sandoval on the drums. I didn't even know there was a connection between him and a band I was already in. I mean, I was, I was already into. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and the and then the Napalm Death stuff. Yeah. And so Napalm Death is interesting because there's this, they're really, you know, like they're the forefathers of Grindcore. Like they're the Black Sabbath of Grindcore. Yeah. You know, and they, um. you can hear in their blast beats that it is more of that, like, make an art noise now, make a ferocious art noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm not trying to take anything away from Mick Harris but like that's that's kind of what it was initially you know and so but there there the thing that's different about napalm death like the early grind like as you'll see as this stuff progresses the, like grindcore has a little bit more of a quote unquote art element mm-hmm. to it than death metal does You know, like even like that, the the intro song, like the Evolved is One, the like, the weak minds, where all of a sudden there's a note where he hits a note ain't hearing that (laughs) shit and fucking death metal. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? God. Stuff like that. So, Uh, but yeah, so, so I I really hear these, these kind of as one. So how did, how did any of that, that early, early stuff hit you?
0: So these came through as. It, scum was the first one on the list yeah and then evolved is one and then it's a it's a man's world uh huh
1: which I might be a reference to the James Brown
0: song okay like should there be an apostrophe in there or is it like a is that like an a abbreviation for something I don't know Robert okay <laughs> these are questions I need to have answers Oh, uh, but this was like so right after the Terrorizer so the Terrorizer is where I started my like e- every song past this point but until Opeth hit me with like a new uh, like interesting thing where I was like oh shit it's this oh shit it's this oh shit it's this mm-hmm. so for Terrorizer I said oh shit it's Thrash for Scum I said oh shit it's Hardcore yeah and I was like oh, pretty fucking cool right alright it's Hardcore um and then I'll just read the the next so for Evolved is 1 I said oh shit it's Rollins slash Spoken Word
2: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but also a DMV attendant where he's yelling are you next in line <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> what <laughs> Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> and then it's a man's world. And my, my note here is he goes from the least possible opening of his mouth to the most possible opening of his mouth. <laughs> because he goes... <laughs> and then from... That,
1: oh, what a funny fucking description.
0: Like, wow, that's, that's quite the gamut you're running there, dude.
1: So what's interesting to me is that the vocalist on the second napalm death record uh, from enslavement to obliteration is different than the vocalist on the first one. So vocalist on the second one is Lee Dorian, who would later go on to form Cathedral, which is one of the quintessential modern doom bands. <laughs> so like just doing like sort of Sabbath tribute almost kind of stuff. Okay. You know, like he went from that to like, I am really tired of doing this, guys. <laughs> you know, doing songs about Hopkins, Witchfinder General, and shit. <laughs> oh, Hopkins, a witch finder general, like doing that kind of shit. So, oh, shit. oh man, it's great.
0: But yeah. I, I enjoy the all the Napalm Death songs, like, dude, just for I, different reasons. They were totally different from each other, too which Those cool.
1: first two Napalm Death records are really fucking worth a listen. Um. Uh, Highest possible recommendation. And you really will hear sort of them really kind of stretching out and and sort of like there's long, slow songs. And the thing that is always very admirable about Napalm Death is because they come out of the punk rock scene. So there, there's like a political aspect to their lyrics mm. and things like that. That's always been very, very in the forefront, very unapologetic, very, you know, and very progressive, for 30 fucking years or yeah 30 years yeah so um very outspoken all that sort of stuff so nothing but great things to say about those guys um there was something else about napalm death i feel like i was gonna say i don't remember what it is i feel like they're a band
0: that i'd have to go through everything that i've that I would list in a a playlist that I would make but I feel like they're a band that has influenced a shit ton of bands that I really like
1: they're kind of a weird band because they're they're almost like they're extremely influential on the front end but then since they sort of their style sort of changed and they sort of became uh, just just kind of like a metal band yeah they almost because they did never like break up and go away They almost lost some of their fucking cred. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Like, if they would have just skipped the 90s, like, if they would have just made it to, like, 91 and been like, fuck you guys. We're fucking done. And then come back in, like, 2003, like, they would be, like... You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're fucking working class dudes from fucking Birmingham. Like that's not that's they're, they're like, <laughs> like fuck that idiot Jeff Walker. He needs to go back to work. Fuck carcass. <laughs> you know <laughs> how dare you put down your fucking axe? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I'm talking shit. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know. Um, but but they're, they're pretty interesting because I, I think that because they kept going. That's like a weird contradiction cuz the thing i'm talking about like that's a real fucking thing like because if they cuz if a band keeps going like if a, if a extremely influential band keeps going and they're contemporaries with the bands that they influenced but they're not onto the next hip shit or whatever they're just going to seem like kind of pale in comparison yeah, definitely. to young kids who don't understand cuz that's how napalm death hit me When I saw them next to At The Gates, you know, on on the same Earache My Eye video. Right. Right? Because there's there's a Napalm Death video on there, but it's kind of like a generic groove metal song. It's cool. It's good. But it seems like a completely different band than the band that made these two fucking records.
0: Yeah, or or even like, not even not even if the band doesn't like evolve necessarily but like if they if they aren't just putting out the same level of stuff that makes them feel influential still right like if you're cuz i don't want to say like you're just phoning it in or something like that not cuz that's probably not the case but right you know if you're not
1: if you're not evoking that
0: level of
1: Right, 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 right. Well, I you mean, it, I don't know. I really think the closest analog to them, it really kind of is Sabbath because, you know, Sabbath's first three records are incredibly influ- influential, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk to me. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to talk about, like, the whole, you know, up through Sabotage. I'm like, those are fucking all incredible. Right. The first six. But... um but everyone is going to talk about those first three for sure. And, but then you get like, man, I could spend a lot of fucking time talking about Sabbath, but what I'm trying to say is that you get into the eighties and a lot of the stuff that was coming out under the Sabbath name, it just felt like, it's like, oh, are y'all trying to be, just be like a fucking 80s rock band?
0: Yeah. It was Dio at that point, so. You know?
1: And even after Dio. Because oh, yeah. okay. shit gets fucking weird, dude.
0: Okay. There, uh, yeah, there, there are aspects to the Sabbath lore that I am not privy to. You
1: would not fucking believe it. <laughs> you will not believe it when I fucking, whenever I, I break this shit down in the future. Richards, believe it or not, Sabbath edition. <laughs> it's insane. <clears throat> but- good but yeah but like you know like when you when whenever sabbath isn't doing the sort of gritty proto doom metal thing yeah. bluesy doom metal thing and they're doing what feels like it's like dude you're just kind of like motley crew without the teeth you know <laughs> it it makes them it it, it it tarnishes their legacy in a sense you know yeah, yeah it diminishes the brand if you will
0: yeah i mean because now there's a black sabbath quote-unquote album that is just this
1: right? That's and just, you yeah. know, so yeah, should have just you know been Tony and the Iommi's. There you go.
0: Now we're good, now we're talking.
1: So well, I'm I'm really glad that you dug the Napalm Death stuff.
0: Yeah. So like I say, I feel like that's that's fed into like I can't think of everything offhand that I've, every person that I've seen say over the years who has been influenced by Napalm Death. I feel like Mastodon probably. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, sure. Like you know,
0: sh- shit like that, or mm-hmm. that I've gotten way way into. Like I can look back at. At Napalm Death and go, okay, I can I can see it through line. Well,
1: and I almost I almost feel like what Napalm Death did is they influenced a lot of things that were happening underground. And then those things kind of just did their thing. Yeah. You know, because I guarantee you, like today is the day was fucking influenced by, you know, napalm death or influenced by something that's influenced by Napalm Death. And that was one of the first bands that Braun played in. And then, you know, and then that shit pops out ten years later. And it's mainstream and it's Mastodon and it's right. Neurosis and it's neurosis, is another, whatever, yeah, Totally, you know, but that, but it definitely has its roots. I, I think you can, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say it has these roots in Napalm Death, sort of saying that, you know, you like being extreme can sound this way too. Right. You know, and they would do things like have really short songs. You know, like there's footage of them playing on a show and it's like, we're gonna play this next song. It's called You Suffer. <laughs> and it's like one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> So there's like this performance oh. art aspect of it. Right. You know, that like that is just very different than the what you imagine like early death metal then what you imagine like that cannibal corpse clip, like taking yourself very seriously. Like we're the hardest mother, you know, like we're, you know, I come blood and, you know, (laughs) or or whatever, or, or like, you know. It's like talking about how, how they would have
0: a note that they sang or, you know, whatever, like they could be, it's not that they were trying. Well, I guess maybe they were trying to say something at some point, but like they they would put out more of a like uh, more of a vibe, I guess, in a yeah. way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it's it's what happens whenever you're trying to go as extreme as sonically possible, but you don't also listen to Judas Priest. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah
0: okay yeah. like
1: that that's that's kind of you know <laughs> um because like slayer slayer is Judas priest sped up yeah that's that's it like just yeah. it's like all right so like take all those notes of that Judas priest note and put notes in between all of those yeah <laughs> and the, that's then that's slayer the
0: fucking angel of death scream is is his his five second tribute to painkiller
1: <laughs> painkiller came out after Angel of death though God did it Fuck yeah, dude! Dude, painkiller didn't come out till like 1990. Oh
0: God, you're pro-
1: you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think 90.
0: Oh, you're probably right. Oh, I'm, dude.
1: I, I, fuck me. Okay. Yeah, you know I'm right. But the, but let's not oh. talk about like that. Like that was the first high note that Halford no, ever hit.
0: No, 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 not at all. That was just the one that was known for being
1: all high notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. That fucking song. I think they like close with that song now. Fucking because how fucking
0: still sings that shit. Dude. That's
1: insane. Alfred, insane. <laughs> do whatever wow. he fucking wants is what Alfred can. Sure, do. Sure, yeah, totally. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then the last one was uh, so another another thing that I found that e music tirade was uh, interesting was some Opeth. Okay. And so I, I again I I don't know if this I don't think this was the Opeth song that I found you know or whatever but it was the shortest one. <laughs> it's like it's the shortest song of like their first mm-hmm. like their first six albums or something. <laughs> so I was like this is it, it's it's before Blackwater Park, right? So I you know and it's a great song it's an incredible song it is and so yeah. I I wanted I, so that's the one I decided to throw one here. My only note about this was,
0: oh shit, it's a great riff, naturally. Opeth is a great fucking band. So this ties back into the Foo Fighters thing from earlier, where it's like, they're they're just good. I know that they're good. Right. I don't necessarily feel the need to listen to Opeth a lot, but every time I do, I'm like, that's fucking great.
1: It is it is startling to me that Opeth has been doing Opeth shit as long <laughs> as they have. Y'all want some of that Opeth shit over there. Because you want to think that like, like when you hear Opeth in their, you know, in what was known as their, not that, I don't want to say their final form, but like their definitive form around like Blackwater Park. Right. Okay. Which that record came out in 2001, but we didn't, people didn't really get hip to it for like a few years. Yeah. You want to think that like, okay, well, they, they, they did what all the other bands do and they like stumbled into that shit and they, you know, like their first record is just pure fucking death metal. This was the one where they found it. Yeah. They, yeah. I was like, no, no, they've been doing like all of those elements. They have been combining all of those elements together since the fucking jump. And so what year was this from? This was 98. Yeah. This, this is
0: everything that is Opeth. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's all there. It's
1: all right there. And 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 you, even if you listen to like what Morning Rise or Orchid, like their first fucking record, it's all in there too. Yeah. And it's just like, god damn it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Oh, yeah. It's Look, it's startling to me. Fucking great. <laughs> um so yeah, so that 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 kind of concludes the main playlist. And and I have to say, it was real I had so much fun making this playlist. <laughs> nice. It was so nice to make a playlist from a place of joy. <laughs> Because I really enjoyed listening to this playlist. I listened to it multiple times this week. And, and as opposed to the last one that I made, which was that live playlist, oh which was, came from a place of trauma. <laughs> mm. And so making a playlist from a place of joy, just really, really, uh, this I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. And so I, C- I also... Cathartic in a way. It, it's just, I just love all this <clears throat> shit, man. And so... But there's a a sort of a supplemental and honorable mentions. And so... um, (laughs) Yeah, I like this. I'll let you, like, scroll through that. Yeah, I got it on here. Oh, you got it? Okay, cool. Yeah. And so... So, yeah. So so a few things that I wanted to put on here. So these are songs that you could argue, like... There's, like, one section that's a... Okay, like, this is a definite element of the death metal vocabulary or whatever, but these songs, these albums or whatever, they, they don't track as death metal to me or these songs don't maybe because they're just definitely something else. Um, or they just, they just don't fit the flow of this playlist that I made. And and Mm. I tried putting them in and it was like, this, this doesn't work. right? And so, um, so the first one is is Angel Death, because if you take that main riff and you put a blast beat behind it, that's a fucking death metal song. Now the middle of it, no. Different story. Yeah, yeah different story. But that like you know that that's like, like that, that that could totally be a, a suffocation riff. It's it's kinda like the, the the phrasing of it reminds me of a of a suffocation song called Funeral Inception. So like the A after the intro sort of the main blast section in that song is kind of similar to that vibe. Okay. I hadn't really thought about it until, you know, two days ago, but, um, but yeah. And just, you know, fast double bass and shit like that. Right. right. But, you know, but again, like it's just Slayer's its own thing. So it's, yeah. it's and they're usually influential on the death metal scene, of course, Right. And what we'll find later what I'm really interested to throw at you later when we talk about the shit in night that all the stuff that's coming out in 1991 is a big question for early death metal bands that all that they were all asking themselves is how do we not sound like Slayer? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can see how that would come up. It's like do we do do we do Slayer and blast beats? Is that how we not sound like Slayer? Um, do we do Slayer but with a different vocal style, and just do pretty much Slayer exactly, but just do the make the vocal sound a little different, <laughs> you know? And 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 like, like, wh- listen,
0: guys, we're gonna do Slayer. That's that's <laughs> yes. that's predetermined. Yeah, There's yeah, No yeah. getting around that. No getting around. But how it, do yeah. we how do we not make it? How do we fool people
1: into not thinking
0: that it's Slayer? R-
1: right, and and that. <laughs> you know, and it, in a lot of ways, I think the the influence, because like what the one of the big differences is the approach to guitar. Like the guitar feels very different, right? A lot of the drumming is the same, but um, and but but the the the, the sort of the the subject matter that's probably the closest. You know, and so you know, the next song like Necrophobic like songs like oh I go dig up a fucking corpse and fuck it or whatever. Right. Like you know like oh like there's guys in Florida like we can make it a whole genre out of this. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I do this on the daily anyway. That's a great
1: idea, Tom. And so, but yeah, so I put the song Necrophobic um because it's like 2 minutes long and it's it, there's just a huge fucking like grindcore vibe to it because it's just so like yeah. you know all the way through there's there's you bear you can barely tell that that there's a Judas Priest influence (laughs) it's too fast so uh I also put those those Emperor tracks that I mentioned earlier uh those would have also been some of my first exposures to like blast beats and all that sort of stuff but again that was firmly like oh well this is black metal like this is not death metal right you know what I mean uh and then I put a few Slipknot references on here too so um, so there's like the the palm muted riff in the bridge of of surfacing so do you know what I'm talking about whenever I mention that don't remember it offhand here I'll I'll, I'll find it okay (laughs) that riff
0: this one? yeah okay gotcha gotcha
1: and so here whenever the double bass comes in this is pure morbid right here Right, you know what I mean. So okay, yeah, 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 I can see that. You know, so it's like okay, that's definitely like a, a, a death metal element. Sure. You know, now I was already listening to Morbid Angel, and so that's why I'm a fucking weirdo when it comes to sort of my relationship to Slipknot compared to people who are a little bit younger than us, right. because Slipknot was like their corn or their Metallica.
0: <laughs> Slipknot was their corn. <laughs> fuck's sake
1: (laughs) and corn was also their corn
0: (laughs) yeah right like it's only a couple years but yep you're right dude
1: there's a big fucking like i think Uh, the first corn record came out in like five years was it 94 94 okay yeah it might have been a smidget earlier (sighs) pretty sure it's 94 I, it feels like it's ninety four.
0: Be, I, because I always thought it was ninety six, and then I yeah, realized it, it was ninety four. Right? Exactly. Ninety six. Exactly.
1: Because because uh, Life Is Peachy came out in ninety six. Exactly. Yeah. Around the same time as Antichrist Superstar. Um, it's just
0: that for a long time, when I thought of corn, I thought of
1: nineteen ninety six. Yeah. It re- yeah. It's ninety four. Okay. First corn record. So you do five fucking years. But you know that's 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 a long fucking time.
0: That's a lot. Of, that's some years. But that ain't nothing. I don't really
1: no, know. no, it ain't nothing when you're fucking 38. Uh, it's a lot uh, when you're 12. Uh, yeah. it's a yeah. big difference between a 12 year old and a 17 year old. Yeah, take that out of context. <laughs> oh, I will not. Um, so, but yeah, so like I, I see Slipknot play Surfacing live in '99. For the first fucking time, and and the whole past year, I've already been being exposed to extreme metal. You know, I'm already into Emperor. I'm already into to you know to um like I'm I'm definitely way into Fear Factory, but um, Strapping the Lads, what I meant to say, I'm I'm already into all that shit. I'm already into Cradle of Filth. I'm all you know what I mean. Like I'm yeah. I'm already into Morbid Angel, and so they closed their set with this. You know, and you know, and like, I fucking got, I was like this, you listen to the same thing I listen to, (laughs) you know? And so it was, so that shit, whereas like so many other people, they're like, dude, this guy and these people in Slipknot do these things called blast beats that no one else fucking does. Look at
0: what Slipknot came up with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 so that being <laughs> like they the think and so then whenever they hear Nile or they hear whatever, they're like, oh well, that's the real shit, you know. So yeah, it's a uh, where I was like, oh dude, this Slipknot band listens to the real shit. <laughs> I feel so seen and heard. Oh, that's, that's really cool. And so, uh, and then the last two things or last couple of things are another slip map. Yeah. So like the intro to people equal shit, which is like pure fucking like hammer blasts and bomb blasts and shit, you know? And so, and then the whole sort of like second half of the song disaster piece. Okay. Um, now, the main reason I wanted to sort of mention these is because, like, like the reference to, in, to, like, the death metal genre and surfacing is pretty subtle. But the, this is the intro of the first track off of their second album. So this is right out of the gate, guns right. blazing.
0: This is what they want you to hear right away.
1: Right. And then it's the, almost the entire second half of the second song. So they're leading with this. Yeah. And then you combine this with the System of a Down song. Right. Which this album came out, what, like a week later? Okay. Toxicity. Yes. Yeah. Toxicity yes. came out a week after Iowa. Yeah. Okay. And this song, X, full on fucking blast beats in the verses. Yeah. That's it. it's it. No, no other way around it. Now... So System of a Down actually beat Slipknot to using blast beats, like actual traditional blast beats in a song. Um, You know, like here's, this is part of, you know, like there's vocals with this. Yeah. Right? Um, Because they didn't do that till volume three with three nil, I think was a song. Weird, yeah. But, you know, you take all that that stuff happening together and I feel like that, legitimizes the death metal vocabulary in mm. a sense like it, it it makes it it makes it so that you know if you and i are in a fucking metal band a new metal band in ew a young metal band in the, in the early 2000s a
0: neophyte metal band
1: and we decide to throw in blast beats or something like that like people are gonna know what this is now right so it legitimizes things like that and so i feel like that's like a huge you know i feel like it's a big deal but again it's only yeah. just like single elements of song so i didn't want to put it on this fucking list i see you know so yeah i see i see the point though for sure yeah so yeah i wanted to wanted to throw them in there yeah sneak them on in there sneak them on in there cool, cool. So. Well,
0: on the whole, I found this uh, interesting, for sure, to say the least.
1: I'm glad. It's probably going to get less and less interesting as we go along. Okay. <laughs> because it's <Yay>! going to be. <laughs> because it's <laughs> for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> for you. Not me. For, for, for Robert. <laughs> Maybe not for a listener, but for you, it's probably going to get less interesting because there's going to be less variety um, yeah. in, in, in the death metal as it goes along. But we'll see,
0: we'll see, we'll yeah. see what happens. I'm
1: I'm totally interested to hear whatever else comes up. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. So uh, I don't know what we're gonna do what we're gonna do next week, but we'll you'll know when 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 you hear it. Yeah. So we're either gonna do more death metal or we're gonna go back to video games.
0: Yeah, we've got two more of
1: each now. I guess. I guess we do. So I guess we do. So you <laughs> clear your calendar for the next month. <laughs> Who can say? So, uh all right. Yeah. Uh cool stuff though. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah, of uh, course. So. As always. I was I, re- I really had a good time doing this one. I really I- have <laughs> Great. That's
0: that's 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 the most
1: important part. <laughs> so. Honestly. All right. Audio peace. So, where's the erase everything we've done for the past 3 hours, buddy? Oh no. <laughs>